Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black Talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com The Federal Department of Health and Human Services has issued a new rule that governs discrimination in health care. It gives health care providers more leeway to refuse to provide services like abortion, sterilization, or assisted suicide. All they need to do is cite a religious or conscience objection. Here to explain all of this is NPR health policy correspondent Allison Kojak. Hey, Allison. Hey, Elsa. So can you just tell me what's happening here? What is HHS changing in terms of the rules that affect healthcare providers and hospitals? So the rule is really a statement of priorities for HHS and particularly for its Office for Civil Rights. It shows that the agency's, you know, focused on protecting the religious convictions of healthcare providers, anyone who works in a healthcare setting, in fact, and and is protecting those perhaps over the rights of patients to get the care they want and need. Mm-hmm. Doctors, nurses already had the right, in most cases, to refuse to participate in abortions and other procedures. Mm-hmm. Here's Roger Severino. He's the head of the Office for Civil Rights. Here's how he describes it. No new laws being made here. What is being done is the provision of enforcement tools for existing conscience and religious freedom protections in healthcare. Why are they doing this now then? So I think there are really two answers to that question. Number one is sort of immediate. Today is National Prayer Day, and this morning the president was able to announce these new rules at the National Prayer Breakfast. Just today we finalized new protections of conscience rights for physicians, pharmacists, nurses, teachers, students, and faith-based charities. And also the 2020 election campaign is heating up and the president has a very strong following among religious conservatives. So this plays well with those voters who are opposed to birth control, abortions and some other types of medical care. Can you explain the impact you think this will have on patients? Like, say, I want to get birth control. I live in a rural town, but the only doctor in town has moral or religious objections to contraception. What what do I do? Do I have any legal recourse if he or she refuses? 
Yeah, no, this rule actually gives that person, the pharmacist, the doctor, more protections to refuse care. Um, and it isn't just a doctor. It's almost anyone who works in a healthcare setting. So if you cannot get birth control at your pharmacy or through your doctor's office, you may have to travel, who knows, for hours if it's a rural area. What this rule does, it says not only do you have no recourse, but the doctor or pharmacist could have recourse themselves if their employer required them to provide that contraception. Hmm. But this isn't just about birth control or, or- abortion, right? What are the other healthcare services that this rules change could affect? You know, it could go pretty far. It could extend to in vitro fertilization or other fertility treatments. It could affect end-of-life care. So imagine like I have a stroke and I'm taken to a Catholic hospital. Mm -hmm. If the physicians determine that I won't recover, the hospital still could refuse to allow my family to remove life support, even if I had an advanced directive, a living will that said I didn't want it. And Right now, religious hospitals are a major subset of the healthcare industry, and they're very concentrated in some areas. So in some cases, patients won't always have a choice. That's NPR Health Policy correspondent Allison Kojak. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Elsa. Yeah, I work about 32 jobs over the course of a week. I think it's interesting. I got 32 jobs, and most niggas say they can't find one. <laughs> niggas. With surprisingly good job numbers this morning, unemployment has fallen to the lowest level in almost 50 years. Employers added 263,000 new jobs last month. That's more than analysts had been expecting, and it's another sign that the U.S. economy keeps moving along after almost a decade of economic growth. NPR economics correspondent Scott Horsley is with us this morning. Hi, Scott. Good to be with you, Rachel. Pretty encouraging jobs numbers here. What do they tell us? Well, there's certainly no slowdown in the labor market. In fact, the pace of hiring is accelerating. In the first three months of 2019, we saw average monthly job gains of about 180,000. This is obviously well above that. We also saw a modest revision in February's jobs number, which had been sort of the low point in the year. So even though, as you say, the economic expansion is about to begin its second decade, it shows no signs of slowing down. What about wages? That strong job market is helping to push wages up? That's right. Wages rose at an average of 3.2% over the last year. That's about the pace they've been climbing in recent months. And one thing that's encouraging is the strongest wage gains have come at the bottom of the income ladder. Uh, That's partly because of cities and states that have raised their minimum wage, but it's also because employers are having to compete for labor. And we're kind of in a sweet spot right now because workers are getting more money in their pockets But wages are not going up so fast that inflation becomes a big Mm -hmm. concern. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell addressed that this week and said he sees more room for the growth to continue. For a long time now, there have been anecdotal reports of labor shortages and difficulty in finding skilled labor and that kind of thing. Nonetheless, you have um, very strong job creation and you have (laughs) wages moving up at a rate that is appropriate but not at all signaling any overheating at all. One thing that's helping is workers are becoming more productive. We got a report yesterday showing strong productivity gains in the first quarter, and that means employers can keep their costs in check even as they're paying their workers a little bit more. And what about that unemployment number, 3.6%? That is the lowest we have seen since 1969. What does that tell us? 
Yeah, that's a that's a great bumper sticker. Uh, it's actually, though, not a great statistic in this case because uh, the reason unemployment ticked down in April was a lot of people left the job market, according to the survey that that's used to compile that number, nearly half a million people. Now, that's in contrast to the pattern we've been seeing in recent months when a lot of people were coming off the sidelines and looking for work because the job market's been so strong. And it's that trend we want to continue if we want to keep this expansion going. We want to certainly keep an eye that on that labor force participation number. Mm-hmm. It, it can bounce around a little bit, and it, it may be noisy. Uh, we want to see participation increasing in April, though it went the other direction. Any other weak spots in this report? Manufacturing employment was kind of weak. Uh, factories added only 4,000 jobs last month, and revised figures for March show flat hiring in factories. For much of the last year, we saw manufacturing growing at about 22,000 jobs per month. So that does appear to be slowing down. That's consistent with some other indicators we've seen about manufacturing. The factory sector is still growing, but just not as fast as it was last year. Mm-hmm. We're also seeing continued job losses in the retail sector. Uh, We lost 12,000 retail jobs last month, but we gained 11,000 jobs in warehousing and transportation. So you see right there the shift to e-commerce. On the whole, though, a pretty strong report. Good gains in business, healthcare, and construction. NPR's chief economic correspondent, Scott Horsley. Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. A Nazi flag, an interracial relationship, and a police officer fired. A lawsuit claims it happened in small Georgia town. Channel 2's Dave Huddleston talked to the black police officer who says he was fired for dating a fellow officer who was white. It's an unusual case for 2019. Karan Robinson says going public with his relationship caused his life to quickly spin out of control. Extremely depressing. That was the lowest point I'd ever been in in my entire life. Karan Robinson says all he ever wanted was to be a drug cop. He got the chance in the small town of Darien, Georgia, near Savannah. So I jumped in at both feet. He quickly moved up the ranks, becoming a full-time drug investigator. He made a major drug bust. That was the best day of my life. But Karan says his life quickly fell apart when he and a white woman went public with their secret romance. It was one day, I'm the best thing since sliced bread, and the next day, I can't walk into bubblegum. Like, I can't do anything right. And he says there were other signals he ignored, like the Nazi flag that hung for years in the Darien Police Department. I totally blocked the flag out. It had been there for so long. Karan says the trouble began when the chief suspended him for going to Atlanta with his girlfriend in his police car. He was suspended again for working with the sheriff's office. The chief demoted him to a patrol officer. Karan says he almost had a nervous breakdown. I'd go home. I'd cry. I'd be mad be depressed. A lieutenant told Karan that he and his girlfriend couldn't work off-duty security at this restaurant. He said the staff no longer felt comfortable around them. Immediately, I know what it is. I mean, the chief, wife's work there. During a deposition, the chief, in an unrelated incident, admitted to saying when he found out his own daughter was, quote, dating a black boy, I became so physically ill, I vomited. Karan says the chief created a paper trail to fire him, ultimately for failing to notify dispatch at the start and end of a shift. I mean, it wasn't even anything anybody had heard of. Katie Mitchell is Karan's attorney. Each of the witnesses that were deposed 
There was not a single officer, whether a party, whether for the Darien Police Department or from another agency, that had ever even heard of another officer being terminated for policy infractions such as failing to notify dispatch. Quran is suing the city of Darien and the police department leadership for race discrimination. Not that just that the chief sees me as less than, the whole city sees me as less than. The council, the mayor, the city manager, you all, all see me as not worth it. Not just me, all black people. We reached out to Chief Donnie Howard and the others being sued. Their attorney emailed us they don't comment on pending lawsuits. Quran says filing a lawsuit against the police brotherhood is something cops don't do. But he says what they did to him was unforgivable. That's my fight, and I'm going to fight it all the way to the end. And Quran's fight will move forward in court less than two weeks ago. A judge ruled the chief and a former co-worker do not have immunity. So that's shaping up to be an interesting situation there once they go to court. Of course, the stress of this entire situation, you can understand that, but it also ended that relationship. It sure did. Soon after they went public with that uh, romance uh, and the situations that transpired, that relationship broke up right after he was fired. All right. So he's waiting for his day in court. Yes. Dave, thank you. Context of white supremacy. When I saw that report, I was reminded of Pamela Evans Harris, the late. She is missed greatly. Feverish black male. <laughs> Feverish. Feverish black males. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, Pam is missed. Context of white supremacy, Gus T. Renegade, and for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, November, excuse me, what am I talking about? Friday, May 3rd, 2019. So I have been told, wow, it has been quite a spring, quite a 2019. This is our weekly forum, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Uh, if you have, well, first, if you have figured out some codification, if you figured out some strategies that work well, you are not dating your white colleagues, male or female. You have figured out uh, that that is not the best policy for the workplace. And you have also figured out some other spectacularly effective strategies uh, to help you get all of your sick leave, all of your promotions. Uh, you are not being written up and told that you, you know, have violated this policy and people don't feel comfortable uh, working with you anymore. That's not happening to you. You don't have your schedule moved around to all sorts of wacky hours uh, where now you're on the graveyard shift, as they say. That doesn't happen to you. You figured out this is what to do. This is what to say. This portion of policy and procedure can be very effective uh, to solve problems. If we have any non-white listeners who have figured out some helpful tidbits, uh, code really, that would benefit other non-white people victims of racism, please dial in to share. The number again, 605, new number relatively, 313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 605-313-5164. 
the code 564943pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Certainly, we are always available. Uh, if you are having problems in the workplace, uh, you are being mistreated in some sort of way. There's conflict, even with other non-white people. Uh, if you're having difficulties and you would like counter-racist suggestions on how you can go about solving problems without creating new problems, always welcome. Uh, we will do our best to offer a counter-racist uh, perspective and hopefully offer a few things that might help you get through that situation as best you can. Uh, if you're not comfortable dialing in, to share about your situation, you can always email untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com. And I can read your commentary anonymously on the air uh, if you would prefer to share that way. Again, this is not a spectator broadcast. It is full throttle springtime. You could be outside. You could be at the beach. You could be hiking Lots of things, grilling outside, anything, uh, getting some sunshine. There's a carnival right down the road I saw uh, going on. You could be there getting, uh, what is it, uh, funnel cake, candy apples, all the rest of it, Ferris wheel. Uh, this is serious business. Uh, so hopefully folks who are dialing in, dialed in to participate, not be spectators for workplace racism few things uh, to share before we get to the callers, the audio segments that we heard at the beginning. I played the segment about worker protections uh, that Donald Trump passed this week. I played that because I think it's important. We talk about policy and procedure on a regular basis, and there are a lot of small details, policy. Sometimes they could be laws. That could be to your benefit, that could help you on the job, but sometimes it would have to be, you might have to do some digging to find out that, oh, there are some extra protections, you know, in place for me. You might have to do that work. Racists might not necessarily volunteer that information. Again, make sure you've read your policy and procedure in total. Uh, and then any additional information that would help you in the workplace, always be seeking that out. Have that as your mindset that I should be really, really curious uh, about things related to the workplace. There's so much information and so many things that can help me in so many different aspects, not just of the current job that I'm on, but think of, of your long term work career acquiring information that will be helpful to you. I think that's the best way to think about it. Uh, next, that uh, jobs report talking about the, the drop in unemployment. I suspect that will probably be used uh, by some to say that any black person who is uh, sounding like they are griping about not being able to get adequate employment, uh, that, oh, man, Donald Trump has really been putting in the work. Just saw the jobs report. Unemployment is down. Get out of here with all that. You know, if you want a job, you can get a job. Things are, are going well. You're just lazy. Uh, be mindful. I could see that being the way that the report ends up being used against victims of racism. Uh, the last report. I think we have talked a lot for a decade about, you know, tragic arrangements, no sexual intercourse with whites. Uh, I would add 
No sexual intercourse with coworkers, period. Uh, I think that should be a standard part of policy and procedure, your counter-racist code on the workplace. I wouldn't care if it's another black person. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't care if it's another black person, male or female, with two black parents, four black grandparents, eight black great-grandparents, and they've all read the ISIS papers and the code book. Even then, no quote-unquote dating uh, sexual play or whatever else you want to uh, talk about should be strictly platonic, strictly business. Uh, and I say that just because uh, regardless of what it is, uh, the workplace is an environment where we should all be striving to be logical in how we function. This is not an environment where we're going to be taking things personal. Uh, and I think once you are engaged in any sort of sexual activity uh, with another person, you're going to have a lot of emotions connected to that person. And you probably don't want your colleagues to be in on your little office romance, because I've also seen where that tends to happen frequently, not all the time. Certainly a lot of that stuff does go undetected, but frequently, as you heard in that report, that sort of thing can also become uh, public information. And wow, we uh, I've seen where whites personally, I've seen where whites can make that a very uh, difficult situation, even if it is a black male and a black female where they still will get in, be terroristic and trashy and all the rest of it. So, yeah, just for a myriad of reasons, I would discourage any sort of, you know, sexual activity with the workplace. Let's keep that business. That said, uh, the situation with the mail in the clip, uh, I'm not surprised uh, about any of that. And if anything, uh, I would make it a point time and energy. I think that's the way that Mr. Fuller uh, describes uh, economics, our use of time and energy. They gave that report, this victim of racism, he's a victim, uh, who was quote unquote dating his white police officer colleague, worst case scenario. And so he gets harassed and demoted and all these write-ups and everything. And so after all of this, the relationship dissolves. Surprise. Time and energy. Now you go through all of this, a lawsuit. This has been going on for ye all of the stress. They talked about that at the end of the segment, the stress with all of this. Now, is that really worth it to pursue this colleague, you know, for however long you all were a thing and all of this is in terms of time and energy. Uh, and I think that's the way that just according to counter racist logic, we don't, none of us has an infinite amount of time. We should be very mindful, very careful about how we invest our time and the people in which we invest our time. It's very often uh, pulling in people that are not constructive, who are not going to be helpful to you. Wow, they can take up a lot of your time and energy. Something to be mindful of, and I think there should be a strict no dating policy in the workplace. And in fact, sometimes that's in the policy and procedure. We've heard from some folks where that is a part of the policy and procedure uh, in their workplace. Continuing. So, as I said yesterday, after 17 months of being a flood victim, Gusty returned to my previous residence. Uh, this week, man, Whew, man, 
what to say. Um, still trying to get, you know, acclimated and all of that. 17 months. So in the process of moving back this week and trying to move out of the temporary flood residence, uh, there is a uh, black property manager, surprisingly, uh, of the uh, previous residence where I've been staying the past 17 months. And we're doing the walkover uh, of the facility, make sure everything is, you know, in great condition. You haven't, I haven't damaged the property. And so we're talking, oh, okay, it's been great having you here. Have you liked it? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, isn't that crazy? You were only supposed to be here for a couple months and it's been seven. Anyway, so uh, we're supposed to be doing the walkthrough to make sure that there's been no damage. And somehow we veer this, as I've said, this generally happens. Once the microphone goes off, we're not on the air. Any black person, if I'm talking to a cow's listener or just any random black person that I bump into and I don't have to bring up racism, I don't have to tell them about the cows, nothing. We can be talking about, you know, Funyuns, anything, the carnival, funnel cake, anything. Five minutes, workplace racism is going to come up. We're supposed to be talking about, okay, so you've been in the apartment, blah, blah, blah. Let's check out the bathroom. You know, we got this new white woman that I'm working with. And I said, oh, here, I knew as soon as he brought it up, I knew, I knew workplace racism. Let's hear it. He says, you know, we got this new white woman. Oh, she called him. That's what it was. We were doing the walkthrough and she called him on the phone while we were doing this. And so after he hung up, he said, you know who that was? Oh, white woman. Gosh. And he says, uh, She's only been here a few months, which she has. Uh, he had been there the whole time. From the time I moved in, she just arrived months ago. He says, she's been here a few months. I'm training her on how to work at this facility. And now, all of a sudden, she's trying to sabotage me. <laughs> I'm Workplace racism, Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. He says, I've been doing this job for 13 years. I know how to property manage. I've been doing this. You're going to come in here and I try to give you a little bit of knowledge to help you out. And now you're going to be trying to go behind me and rat on me and tell on me to these people. Like, are you serious? You only been here. And I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't say. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> he stomped away and he went to check on something else. He took a deep sigh and he came back. And he said, you know, I'm going to protect myself. I don't even want this job. I'm trying to get out of this job as soon as I can. But I'm not going to tell you uh, everything. Of course, I'm going to save information so that I can protect myself. Just have to deal with you coming in here and being all stressful and trying to ruin my situation and think you're going to take over. Like, you got to be joking. <laughs> Workplace racism, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Friday. And the same way that that report about the black male who tragic arrangement and all the stress that he endured within about 10 minutes into the conversation. So we veer into the workplace racism, all the problems that she's causing him. Uh, and he says, man, the stress, I can't even get my mind together. I have to go in at the end of the day and just turn off everything, turn off the television and just try to get my mind to calm down from all of the, the stress that I deal with in doing this and whew, yoga yoga was telling him do some yoga do some yoga meditation very helpful uh, and that's something that all of us should be mindful for uh, all of the workplace situations do generate a lot of anxiety and stress for us uh, sometimes it can just be the little slights and things that they do sometimes it can be major um, we're not getting promotions or we're getting demoted or we're not getting a raise 
the whole gambit. It can and does cause a lot of stress. Be aware of that. If you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling anxious, uh, if you're feeling unhappy, if you're feeling frustrated, take that seriously. Uh, If you can get days off, do so. Uh, It is important. Mental health is really important. And I think a lot of black people, non-white people, period, uh, stew in those toxins from the work environment. And it just, it, John Singleton passed away this week at 51. That is the toxin of racism, white supremacy. Take it seriously. Uh, Folks gave us commentary uh, for workplace racism. And again, the email until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com. First person wrote in for workplace racism Uh, from a concerned victim. I'm traveling to Africa this year. I am not a native, so I consider this to be the trip of a lifetime. I've requested time off, and this has been granted. Get it in writing. My boss is white, and I don't want to tell him where I'm going. He's probably been already. I've not been pressured to disclose where I'm going, but I do want to have an answer ready if the question should come up. I'm really struggling with this and would appreciate any advice from Gus or the callers. Well, congratulations on your trip. Uh, I hope it's spectacular. I think traveling is amazing. Uh, always encourage it. So I hope uh, that it's even better than you have anticipated. Uh, I am a fan of disclosing as little as possible uh, to colleagues. Uh, I think we've had a number of examples where listeners uh, have talked to us about how white people on the job found out that they were taking a vacation. I think we had one person, they were going to Japan. Uh, And even in fact, their children's teachers got tacky and trashy uh, about like, what? This little nigga child is going to Japan. I haven't, you know, same deal. But people saying the same thing in the work environment, like we're paying this nigga enough to take a vacation. We got to find something. Let's get a write-up. He was late last week, buddy. Let's get some write-ups going. You know, this is ridiculous. That's what I've seen. So I wouldn't want to, and particularly you're going to the continent. I mean, my goodness, it would be one thing if you were taking a trip to another county, but you're going to another continent? Come on. Uh, I wouldn't tell them anything about it. Uh, I don't know how long your trip is going to be. If this is like a massive uh, thing where you're going to be gone for like weeks or a month or months or what have you. Uh, But I would just say I'm taking some time off. Uh, I'm going to be spending some time with family or whatever. But I would be as vague as possible Uh, that I just been uh, saving up time, working a lot. Summer is coming up. You can just be that summer is coming up. And I thought it would be great. Uh, I might, you know, take some time off, take a little short trip. Uh, While I'm gone, might just do some relaxing, get some things taken care of with my free time, but really just looking looking forward to enjoying free time and sunshine. In fact, you could just say that last sentence. I'm looking forward to enjoying free time and sunshine. And leave it at that. I don't know how how long it's going to be if it's, two, like I said, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. But I mean, whatever the duration, I think that would work. Uh, If they ask a lot more questions, I haven't planned the whole thing out yet. I might take a day trip, do an Airbnb. Nothing is definitive at this point. But I know one thing's for certain. Free time. Sunshine. 
make that your refrain so that well right on great blah 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 and you know just leave it at that but i wouldn't i definitely would not tell them that you're going to the continent because i think it would be some retribution if other folks have you know uh other suggestion uh, or recommendation let me know i would make sure also that you're not on social media or at least that you're not you know friends with them uh and you're not like talking about and posting pictures and such on your social media, I would refrain from that as well because they are very, very nosy. Uh, and I would make sure to try not to do any prepping about the trip on the job or pulling up things, doing any searching on their computer about it. Again, very nosy. And I think that would work too, as long as you don't. Uh, I probably wouldn't tell anybody unless you had like a non white person there that you had a great rapport with and, you know, you trust, like, oh, yeah, they're not going to go back and blab. But I mean, it would have to be a lot of trust there. I just wouldn't tell anyone white people, non-white people. And then I know I'm, you know, I protected myself as best I can. And then I just go enjoy my trip. Uh, until justice at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. Next person, black female. She says two weeks ago, I wrote about how my, I think this is a cowbell too. Uh, I wrote about how my black male supervisor, only congratulates whites on their work anniversaries. And since it's not a reportable offense, you said not to worry about it much. I have an update. Uh Oh, I only spoke about this to my other black female coworker and she confirmed she never got a congrats email on her anniversary. And she has been here for 15 years. We were whispering while we were talking and I had my headset on, but was not on a phone call the next day we got a broadcast email congratulating everyone (laughs) on their anniversary the kicker was everyone that got congratulated stated it was the wrong date and if it was earlier in the year they already got a congrats email on their anniversary i believe he was recording me while i had my headset on the email was just odd and that it was the first time in years any black person has been congratulated on their anniversary this is just more proof I'm heavily monitored. Uh, I would just pause here to, again, this is why this is emphasized uh, every week. Anything that you say in the workplace, and I would say anywhere, as it, once you have stepped on company property, parking lot, wherever, assume whether it's Alexa, uh, a confused victim, a snooping race soldier, electronic device, whatever it is, assume you are being surveilled. They're listening to you. They're watching you. They might be recording you. Maybe all three and even more technology, but assume that anything that you say, I'm totally cool with everybody in the organization, everyone who has ever worked here, everyone who will ever work here, having a transcript of exactly what I am saying to the apostrophe. That's the way that we should be thinking at all times in the workplace. Then it absolutely does not matter. Talk away, talk away. <laughs> and and that trains you just to be disciplined. If I'm not willing to have that be the case, then I'm just not going to talk about this. But the anniversary situation, I don't, I mean, hey, if it's true, I don't really see what the issue is. The person wasn't presenting it. The victim who wrote this wasn't presenting it as though uh, the, the main issue they were presenting was that they were being monitored, which we already know. And yes, next, my white female manager who is married to a black male, could not stop terrorizing me this week. The file room lady needed help with her files, so I helped her with simply putting everything back. My female manager came up to me and handed me a stack of paperwork that I needed to put back in their files. 
Let's see. Lost my place. Let me find it back again. Uh, wow. Screen. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to start over because I can't find my. Oh, okay, scoop down. Gee whiz. My white female manager who is married to a black male could not stop terrorizing me this week. The file room lady needed help with her files, so I helped her with simply putting everything back. My female manager came up to me and handed me a stack of paperwork that I needed to put back in their files. She asked me how I separated them. I told her in two piles by date. She left. So she comes back over and passive aggressively asks me if I understand what ABC order means. <laughs> then she rudely starts trying to teach me how to put things in ABC order. Negros can't read. She lies and says she will put them back because I am wasting too much time. She leaves and I put them and I put them the paperwork in alphabetical order and place it on her desk. The next morning I came back, the same stack was dis disheveled and mixed around everything out of place. Nothing was in alphabetical order and it had my name on it asking me to put them back. Her terrorism towards me is 100% intentional and she did this on purpose. Uh, with, I guess, that sort of thing, uh, if it's, you did this work, they're asking you, even though it's not yours or what have you, and you did it, and you're thinking that this was she deliberately came and messed this stack up so you'd have to do it again. I would at least maybe that's something that you can do photograph uh, that you did the work you present or placed it wherever it was done. And now it's, you know, totally disheveled uh, to so that maybe that could be something that's pointed out uh, in terms of I did do this work. Uh, and it's almost seeming as though I didn't do this work at all. I invested this time to get the files, you know, correctly uh, organized. And now we have the same disheveled mess. Uh, but that might be one for photograph. Uh, continuing, uh, I walked past the same white female manager's desk and saw her looking through my work and all the contracts I did looking for a mistake. It was so bad she could not even think straight or be bothered to assist anyone who needed her authorization. She was obsessed with looking for something to abuse me with. She finds she finds a file which I had spoke to the client, but it's not one of my clients and she tries to attack me. This client belonged to another white employee who made a crucial mistake. She completely ignores all the mistakes just to try and come at me for asking the client for more faxed information. I supposedly missed telling the, uh, the client a form we needed when, if she actually looked through the contract, the white employee sent it to the black person and terrorizes them about it and blames I actually overheard her speaking to the black female about it, and the black female was extremely confused. It was as if she tried to convince the black female she was the problem. For these sort of situations, again, I would emphasize making sure you stay calm, especially if you know. Now, this white woman, this is what she does. Every day of the week, the sun cannot set without her making every, using her last ounce of strength to find something that she can chastise and admonish me for. You messed this up. You forgot to put the period on the last sentence here. You know, the water is not wet enough. Anything uh, to, you know, 
fuss and upbraid me about. So I'm already going to be prepared for that. And if it's something where she's made an error, I'm going to make sure I especially have my emotions under control. And we can just walk through the evidence. And again, the same thing that I said last week, once I see that this is a pattern, we might have to get to the point where we start doing retractions. If it's going to be a pattern of me being accused of things, false allegations, retractions, uh, because I think that will slow that process when they see that you're serious uh, about you know being accused of things. Let's have due process and see if that's true. And if it's not, well, let's have a retraction. And it, it might come to there having to be a written retraction. False allegations are serious. Uh, lastly, she says, my last issue has to do with PTO time. That's policy and procedure. See, uh, the workday is seven and a half hours, including lunch. When we request PTO, we have to put in for seven and a half hours. If it's a half day, it should be 3.75 hours. Every single time I put in for PTO, I am told I did it wrong and need to redo it. I looked at my paperwork logs and can confirm I have to at least delete and redo the hours at least twice for the same day I request hours off. The black male supervisor is the one that reviews the PTO hours and it never fails. He heavily watches my time. It was only a few days ago I noticed something was wrong. When I would put in for PTO, there would be on average... Instead of 7.5 hours total for the day, it would be 8.5. He never corrects it, although he will have me delete and redo my request at least two times for the days I requested, claiming I did something wrong. There was a period of time where I had to leave work early for medical reasons, and he would put in the time for me, and it would equal 7.5 total hours for the day. Since I have worked here, I have made quite a few complaints on how the PTO accumulation is calculated because I never have enough PTO for anything. Since I have worked here, I have lost so much time due to the overages in requesting a PTO and no one is fixing it. Hopefully I'm explaining this correctly and clearly, but this also is very intentional on their part. When he himself puts the request in on my behalf, he does it correctly, but when I do it, he makes sure to never correct it, only to terrorize me about it while making sure I waste my PTO hours. Now, I do get paid for the overage, but I am wasting my PTO, and this goes back years. I look through the years, and when I initially request PTO, I am right in how many hours I need, but he makes sure to mess it up and causes the overages. I have complained to HR, and they just routed everything to him because he is the one who approves every, everyone's time. Even when he is off, he will call me and do the same, terrorize me about requesting the PTO. Uh, the PTO, number one, I would go to policy and procedure. They generally have uh, information. Generally, it'll be an extensive section on PTO. I would also go to human resources about filling out the form and the exact number of hours that we need to fill out the form to get that taken care of. For this to be the something that's coming up and is an issue every time, and it's seeming like maybe for years, it would seem like everyone would want to get this correct one time so that we don't have to keep filling forms out over and over, wasting trees or at minimum time and energy banging on a keyboard or what have you, a screen. 
uh, to get this done. Uh, if everyone else can get the form done one time with no problems, you should be able to do that too. So I would try and get that done. If this is the manager, well, let's have a quick, this seems like something we can nip in 10 minutes. Let this, let's get this done and even the overages because this is a problem. If there's a discrepancy between what he's saying and what HR is saying, I would try and point that out. I would bring in, this is what you're saying and this is what they're saying. They're not the same. There's a discrepancy here. Let's make sure we're in alignment. That's why I said I'd be a stickler about policy and procedure. This is what the policy and procedure says. In accordance with policy and procedure, it says this. You're saying this, and I would point that out with those overages. This is a problem. Let's correct this permanently so we don't have to keep wasting time on this. I don't have to waste your time, my time. We can do this one time and keep it moving forward. And it might even be something. Can we see someone else's PTO? Is there someone else? Their sheet, when they fill it out, that way, you know, I, I can do the exact same thing to make sure that it's correct. Uh, we don't. I, everything would be about the rubric of time and energy, not wasting time and energy. We're here. Time is money. One time. Uh, let's see. And also, I would add, again, the same thing. Anytime it's a victim of racism on the job, they may be told to do this directly, indirectly. Uh, there may be race soldiers uh, that are not seen who are helping to encourage this misconduct. So very much be mindful of that anytime it's a non-white person who is in the uh, so-called position of being in charge. Uh, the last paragraph says, I'm going to report my white female manager for creating a hostile environment. Reporter to whom? Question. And I want to know if there's anything I can do about the PTO. Even though I got paid, if I were to work through lunch, my daily hours would be eight hours. But since lunch is unpaid, the daily hours are 7.5. So I wasted 30 minutes to an hour of PTO. Is there anything I can do about that? Uh, as I said, I would want that corrected just so that it, at minimum, my PTO is the same as the way that everyone else is filling out their forms. If everyone else is doing 7.5, then I want to do 7.52. It's, it's irrelevant to me. It would be irrelevant uh, whether or not I'm getting paid for that overage. If I'm consistently feeling as though I don't have enough PTO uh, for you know things that I need, and I feel like I'm being required to use more t PTO than necessary for a standard uh, day off request, I would just I want to do the same thing that everybody else does: equal protection under the law, exactly what Mr. Fuller, uh, Fuller uh, talks about equal protection. Uh, if Sam and Julie, their PTO is 7.5, I want 7.52. I would have policy and procedure in hand as I went about the business of doing that. Uh, if folks have recommendations on avoiding having to talk about the vacation that you're going to Africa, uh, if we have suggestions for that and or suggestions on the PTO situation, black uh, supervisor, uh, seems like this person is uh, manipulating the PTO requests uh, and requiring this person to use too much PTO and fussing at them about doing the form correctly over and over again. Uh, folks have uh, recommendations for those situations. Or if you have your own personal situation you would like to address, the number to dial 605-313-5164. The code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate 
First few folks uh, dialed in, if you have a hand up, if you have commentary to share, line should be open. Proceed. folks that dialed in are spectating now game to have folks even if it was two people i'd be a little suspicious but to have quite a few folks just hanging out and woo, no one has any suggestions or problems on the workplace i'm slightly skeptical however i will say if folks have figured out uh, a formula where you are not having any sort of problems in the workplace things are going well please let us know how you were able to pull that off uh, you can dial in and share an update and you can certainly invest racism hyphen notes.blogspot.com racism hyphen notes.blogspot.com listener supported counter racism listener supported counter racist radio again if you have got to that glorious position where you do not have any workplace problems or issues. Things are spectacular. They don't mess up your workplace schedule. You come in where you've been working eight to five and you come in and tell you that you have now been switched and you're going to be working 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. That never happens to you. Or we moved your desk. You used to be on the 35th floor. Now you're going to be on basement level six. Spectacular. We would appreciate uh, a few tidbits uh, on exactly how you were able to accomplish that. Uh, if folks also are able to think of any suggestions, uh, if you are taking a vacation and don't want to tell folks that you work with where you're going, suggestions would be great there, uh, as well as the PTO situation where there seems to be a discrepancy. If we have folks who have suggestions, familiarity with those situations, certainly appreciated. Do not be a spectator. Let's see, while folks are taking a few moments, uh, and I guess also it'd be good if we have folks who have uh, suggestions, if you are being sabotaged, because we've heard that from a number of folks, uh, you're in a workplace situation and there's a new white hire and you are being sabotaged in any way, shape, form, <clears throat> uh, that is always appreciated if people have figured out any suggestions, things that are helpful uh, in dealing with that, because that is so cliche uh, in the system to have some white person come in, you have to train them and then they get promoted above you and get to stomp on and mistreat you as they're moving up the ladder. Suggestions on that would be appreciated also. Uh, while folks are waiting, I will read uh, another report from a person who wrote in, uh, Kizzy's cousin. Uh, she writes, Last week, I reported a race soldier in the team I work in referred to a non-white female as scatty. You were not sure what it meant, so I provided the definition. Absent-minded, disorganized, unintelligent, mindless, imbecilic, stupid. You get the idea. I also mentioned he referred to her as problematic. In fact, that was my term for the casual and regular denigration of non-white people I witnessed. He actually called her a nightmare 
which is even more telling in my opinion. Absolutely. Dark Horse Nightmare. Uh, Summary of racist activity for the week. Number one. Went to a meeting with a suspected racist at the start of the week. He greeted me saying, the vision of me has made his week. Yikes. And she has cowbell in parentheses. Wowie. Uh, I was in the lift with another non-white female and a racist suspect. The non-white female and I were both wearing animal print clothing. No one was speaking, but we were all facing each other without making eye contact. Out of the corner of my eye, I observed the race soldier looking at us from left to right several times. Apparently, the sight of two non-white females in animal print got the better of him, so he had to comment at how wonderful we both looked at how and how he admired the prince to more cowbells, she has in parentheses. Racist male and female in the team, I'm told... Uh, in the team I'm I'm in told me how lovely I looked twice this week, each attempted manipulation, trifling and tacky. Again, I will say I'm not a fan of wearing anything that stands out in the workplace for that reason. Exactly. Uh, I feel like uh, regardless of how lovely you look, it's still a system of racism, white supremacy, and it will invite uh, terrorism from racists. That's been uh, my observation and experience. I, I would be very muted, uh, conservative, as they say, with attire in the workplace. And even then, you know, that would be my suggestion. Males and females, uh, workplace, very subdued wardrobe. Uh, number two, a non-white female told me she was job hunting as her temporary contract is about to end. There was a vacancy at the company that she's planning to apply for. I offered to help her. I went back to the desk. I've been allocated right on and checked the timeline for the position as I'm about to go on leave. I tried to send her an email, but couldn't see her name in the email system. So I went to tell her allocated desk. So I went to tell her allocated desk to speak to her. I told her I could not see her email address. She told me that her name had been spelt incorrectly and that she had trouble getting it changed. She has been working for the organization for the best part of a year, but her manager has not seen the need to resolve the situation, which is very telling, particularly as her contract has been terminated before she gains any permanent employment rights. I've also witnessed the racist female manager mistreat her on more than one occasion once for having a conversation with me, apparently her non-white slave was not working hard enough. Terroristic. Right on for helping out other non-white black people uh, in the workplace or victims of racism. Right on for helping them out in the uh, workplace. But that's pretty, it seems like a standard standard operating procedure in terms of the lack of regard for correctly naming non-white people. That's why you end up with all these uh, tacky nicknames in the workplace and not calling non-white people by their correct title, not calling them sir, ma'am, not calling them by their last name. Um, that's what I can only say with that sort of thing, it, the quicker that you can catch it, because she said she's been there for almost a year, the quicker that you can catch it, make an issue about that immediately. 
Uh, think same thing that we've said consistently. If people are not saying your name correctly, if you have to correct them a hundred times throughout the year, oh well, I will go ahead and get my practice in because that is super important and it should be processed as an act of racism every time uh, when your name is not spelled correctly. If you have a you know something on your desk, a name tag or what have you, and they put it up incorrectly, they're not calling you by your name correctly. This sort of thing, your email name is spelled correctly. Even just thinking about that, people trying to send you information. And they can't find you in the company directory. Do you not work here anymore or something of that nature? Tacky act of racism. Next. Uh, And I guess before I go on, I am, you know, a male victim of racism. Uh, If folks have thoughts about the muted wardrobe suggestion in the workplace, you can let me know. But that would be a recommendation I would offer. Uh, Number three. A few of us. In the team were reviewing applications this week. One race soldier mentioned that someone had lied about some information relating to the organization they work for. My race soldier manager responded that everyone lies in their application and bragged that she would never have the job uh, had she she has if she did not lie. Hashtag things only a race soldier can say and get away with. Ab Absolutely. I cannot imagine a black person. I can't even imagine uh, when President Obama was in the White House, him being even able to jokingly say something like that. Um, Yeah, that is. And again, the line, you can tie that to James Lowen, because I've said that's been a major criticism I've had throughout this book, him being uh, him refusing to just say that white people lie. They lie on such a regular basis. They lie about terrorizing and purging entire towns of black people. Certainly they lie about their applications. We just had that whole college uh, cheating scandal. I mean, duh, of course, white people lie about the whole. Oh, yeah, I graduated from Harvard, top of my class. And where's Harvard at again? What? Michigan? Boston. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Graduated from Harvard, top of my class and uh, did a little fencing. Whole nine. Mm -hmm. System of racism. White supremacy. Incidentally, that's the sort of thing that I would write down in your workplace uh, journal. You don't have to report it. That's the sort of thing that can just be important three, four, five years later, even three months later. That could be important and it might even be related to you. It could be a non-white person uh, where there comes you know, a question about an error on their application and you can be the one. Hey, remember that conversation that we had back in spring of 2019 where you said that everybody lies on their application that you in fact said you wouldn't even have your job if you hadn't uh what did they say fudged a little bit on your application remember that could be helpful i would put that in your workplace journal something important and there can be a lot of situations like that where it maybe it's not necessarily that a white person called you a nigger it's not necessarily that they you know said something majorly uh incorrect or racist or told a racist joke however something significant (laughs) admitting that like uh the caller in florida when the white woman said i love these two white chicks so much that if they committed a murder i would help them cover it up now that's not workplace racism per se but i would definitely write that down (laughs) we got an officer at the courthouse who has said that they would be a willing accomplice in a murder uh for their two co-workers like wow that's uh yeah i'll write that down date time might even get that person to initial it just being listening And taking those sort of things serious in the workplace, because seriously, you can use that sort of thing down the road. It might come up that that was said. 
check in again. Uh, folks have uh, thoughts, comments, suggestions, listeners requested. Uh, if you have a suggestion about whether or not or how you would get out of telling your coworkers that you're taking a vacation, you don't want to tell them where you're going. Suggestions for that. Suggestions how to deal with discrepancies, discrepancies in PTO where you are being uh, required to give more PTO than what you would need for a typical workday. And it seems to be different than what others are being required to use. And uh, if we have any thoughts or feedback, uh, this is Gus T's counter racist suggestion for the workplace that black males and black females avoid uh, or select more conservative attire, put it that way. Not saying that you have to, you know, look drab in the workplace, although wouldn't have a problem with that, but clean, it is acceptable what you're wearing, but this is not anything that's going to call attention to you. What do folks think about that uh, suggestion for the workplace? Uh, Folks who dialed in with a hand up should be with us. Lily here. Greetings, Ivy. Greetings, Gus, and greetings to all the um, callers on the line. I listened to the contemporary call-in, I believe. It was, um, no, it was the, I'm sorry, it was the, the book club. So I'm glad that you're you're back home. I hope that you that you are as well, and I hope that, I wish you the best with that, with um, just readjusting. I always appreciate um, Kizzy's Cousins' commentary. I find it to be... Um, very constructive all the time. Um, I think that I, I, I like the, I appreciate your your advice um, to the person who um, was going to the continent um, and other, I guess you could say, options if what you suggested, if they're not, if the white people are not um, satisfied with that, or if that's not sufficient for them, um, maybe the person could say, because I can't remember if it was a male or female, maybe the person could say that I have a personal matter to take care of, um, because that is true. I think as far as the paid time off um, situation, um, this, you know, may not be good, but what, what comes to my mind is to go over um, different people's heads, like starting with the manager going over his head, like, and I know HR is doing that, but I'm saying, and even trying to speak with the person who is over him because them, the HR referring the person to this manager is not working and it hasn't been working. I believe the person said for years. So even if you have to go as far as the owner or, any of that and, and, you know, emailing them and CCing different people and all of that as has been um, suggested in the past. Um, and if, you know, that would, and even with that, I believe that's going over HR's head as well. But this, you know, the next person up, if, if you have to, or and even maybe speaking with HR about that, that, no, I don't want to speak to this manager anymore. This has not been working for years, so we need to speak to someone else. Um, I think you you spoke about maybe having a meeting um, with him. Um, That would be good as well, but I'm saying if if none of these options, if they don't resolve, you know, the issue, uh, maybe the person could consider that. As far as the the wardrobe thing, I think that that, um, 
it's very good. And as I always say, if I were working outside my home, which I haven't since like for a while, for many years, but if I were, I would implement that strategy. And excuse me, interestingly enough, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Even though I don't work outside the home, I implement that strategy everywhere. So if I'm if I know that I'm going to a place with a bunch of race soldiers and even I have gotten if I have gotten um I guess unwanted attention or attention that made me uncomfortable where um maybe the race soldiers were speaking to me in a way that, you know, I was uncomfortable with and I and I felt that they were um just being inappropriate with me and it seemed to be based on how I looked and things like that, I would never go back to that place in, in those situations again, and I would even prepare for the future depending on, you know, where I'm going and who's going to be there. And not just my wardrobe, but also my hair, whether or not I would wear earrings, just all types of different things um, to, how can I put this, to do exactly what you said, to to minimize any attention um, toward me and, and really to try to be as ignored as possible. Of course, I want to get what I want to get and, and get things taken care of, but to where I can be um, as less of a distraction um, as possible because ultimately I see white people as racist. I, I mean, as well, of course, as racist, but as rapists um, and especially white white males. Um, and so I really try to um, adjust my wardrobe and hair and everything else um, to, um, I guess, to repel them, for lack of words. And that was it. I'll mute my line. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Much obliged, uh, Ivy. Uh, great suggestion, I think, for going to the more powerful whites or even just the more powerful person, period, uh, who... I suspect likely would be someone classified as white uh, to get the problem solved with the PTO. Uh, and that can be a strategy that can work for a lot of different situations. Finding the white person who is uh, most powerful can solve that problem in the least amount of time. Uh, also think the wardrobe uh, in terms of just being mindful, what racism, white supremacy is war being against us and just being mindful about what that means uh, in in all environments, really, not just the workplace. We're talking about workplace uh, racism specifically here, but everywhere we go, really. Uh, and how much attention uh, do we want uh, with our clothing? Uh, other folks dialed in again because uh, we have specific uh, folks requesting counter racist input on if you're going to be taking a vacation, how do you uh, suggestions on ways you can avoid telling your coworkers where you're going, what you're going to be doing, uh, suggestions about the PTO uh, situation. If it seems like you're being required to give up uh, to waste some of your PTO hours, basically incorrectly. Uh, and then thoughts on uh, the wardrobe issue, uh, I guess, or not guess Gus's suggestion that victims of racism have maybe a more subdued wardrobe for the workplace for males and females. Uh, if we have suggestions on those three folks who dialed in uh, with a hand up line should be open. Give out the number one more time. Six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five six four nine four 
three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Other folks, uh, if you have a hand up, thoughts to share. Uh, certainly, if we have any folks who have any uh, answers or suggestions for the questions, proceed. Folks are still spectating. Uh, again, uh, do find it a little bit suspicious. I am sure not all the folks that are listening in are just cruising away on their job and having no difficulties getting all of their promotions. If that is the case, spectacular. I hope it lasts. Again, my only request, uh, take lots of notes so that you can give us details. Uh, on how you were able to do this. Perhaps some of our other listeners, uh, perhaps they can replicate what you've been able to do uh, in their own work environments. Uh, and I guess be mindful if things are working out that well for you. I am sure they are not for other non-white people in your work environment. So at least be mindful of how other non-white people are being mistreated or treated, period. And uh, yeah, add that to your workplace racism notes how you process what's happening on your job as well. Uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, yikes. Stacy in the UK joining us live. Get our obligatory timestamp uh, to 12 a.m. Saturday morning UK time. Good to hear from you, Stacy. Your volume is a little low. If you could uh, speak up, please. Okay. Hello to you, Gus, and to the rest of the callers, listeners, and um, congratulations on getting back to your permanent residence. I wanted to just respond to the person's query about the holiday. I well, I guess the person is planning, not planning to tell anyone where they're going, and I think you were correct in terms of being careful about posting any information on social media I wouldn't I would definitely not say anything I wouldn't even reveal that I had any specific plans at the point of going on holiday now depending on how much melanin this person has going to Africa I would imagine is a lot hotter than where they're currently residing Potentially not, but highly likely. So if they do return and they're slightly um, more suntanned than usual, I would um, just find a location anywhere, whether it's in the US or somewhere that doesn't suggest you've got a lot of money and just claim that you went to that place. And, you know, if they ask for details, just literally say, oh, I was just lying on, you know, out in the sun somewhere, don't, you know, don't give any details about how you spent your time or even, you know, say that you've gone somewhere else in the US and that you were just basically hanging out with your family and sitting out in the gardens and that's why, you're, you know, the tone of your skin has changed. But I would just make up whatever story that doesn't give any details. It is really not worth revealing that you've got enough money to get on a flight and <laughs> potentially hotels and whatever else all the way to Africa. I've had um, race soldiers ask me some very bizarre questions about me going to the Caribbean. 
Um, and at that time, I did actually reveal probably that I was going, or I can't remember if I returned, but probably it was before I was going. Now, my parents come from the Caribbean, so um, it's, it wasn't a strange thing to reveal. But I know that the race soldier was just trying to um, pry, but also, you know, I guess that the subtext there was that you have enough money to fly to the Caribbean, even though, you know, the assumption might have been that I was staying with family or whatever. Um, so, you know, it, it is always an issue, regardless of the logic behind why you might go to a particular place in the in, anywhere else in the world. I've also left the country before, come back, and I said being heavily suntanned and not said a word. <laughs> if anybody can see that I've been suntanned, so what? I would just avoid saying anything. But I'll meet my line there, Gus. Spectacular. If it's, I don't know how much melanin, this, uh, melanin the person who wrote this has either, but if you think you might get a tan, as they say, uh, exactly what my refrain was free time and sunshine I wouldn't even be more specific than that we just hung out spent some time with the family did some yard work time outside free time sunshine and leave it at that Other, before I get to other folks who dialed in I forgot I did talk to quite a few victims uh, this week in moving my sojourn, all of that. Not that I moved that far. Um, Every time workplace racism came up. So next conversation, victim of racism, he is hiring or he's exiting a workplace. There's a new non-white person who's coming in to start working there. So they're kind of working together as they transition separately in different directions. And they're getting uh, information done. They're working late in the evening. Uh, And someone comes up with the worst idea ever. Hey, we should have a few drinks since we're working late to help us get through this. Alcohol never makes things better. Certainly not in the workplace. Uh, Long story, they have drinks, get their work done. Unfortunately, the victim of racism whose transition means that they are starting this job and their first official day is the next morning, that victim of racism, you know what happens when you drink too much, hangover, likely that you could oversleep, and that is exactly what happened. Uh, So the previous or the non-white person who was transitioning out I had to present an alibi and, you know, I I compensated her and basically forced her to come in and stay late to help me get this work done. And, you know, she's a student also. She's just really tired. So, I mean, stand up with him to try to do that. But I mean, in a lot of different situations that easily could have been enough to be your this is going to be your first and last day hit the road, especially for a black person. So I can only emphasize sobriety would be best if you are starting a new job or even if you have a job you're new on a job maybe you should think reconsider uh, if someone suggests maybe we get a drink the night before you go in on your new job no thanks 
I'm going to be sober. Make sure that I can get up in the morning. Mr. Fuller talked about that. He emphasized that being on time. That's one of the easiest ways they want to get rid of a black person, get rid of a non-white person. Oh, you were 30 seconds late today. Sorry. Going to have to give you a pink slip. It's times are tough. It's so competitive, but you got to be on time. We got to be sticklers about people being uh, on time for work. Sorry. Just 30 seconds too. Darn. Be on time, be on time, be on time. And when, at least I can speak for myself, oversleeping, that is a big contributor to people being on time. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, again, if you have any folks have any suggestions uh, for, let's see, the questions that we have about how to not talk about the vacation, problems with PTO, uh, kind of wearing a more subdued wardrobe. If folks have uh, responses to any of those queries or your own situation, proceed. Can I be heard? Uh, greetings, retired firefighter. Greetings, Gus. Greetings, everyone. I would first start off by saying that the workplace primarily is an environment for observation. Uh, the white people that's in the workplace uh, primarily are observing, observing you, uh, either writing it down or making mental notes of your habits. So I would suggest the early, the earlier that you establish yourself in a codified counter-racist manner, the better off you are. Now, I'm not saying that if, it's impossible to have a particular type of uh, habit that is, that is not uh, counter-racist uh, and you go about the means of changing it. I'm not saying it's impossible to do, but it, it would be quite more proficient to come into employment in that mode uh, to establish that consistency. So right into uniform, establishing a uniform that is adequate for the job based on your, hopefully your own personal understandings of something constructive and professional and definitely would pass the test uh, based on that particular job uh, that it would almost be like you are invisible as far as anyone having any type of oppression of you. No words at all. Leave the gold home, uh, shining things, uh, as far as that concern, uh, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't even wear a watch. Because, I mean, your phone could tell you your time, you know, as far as that concerned nowadays. But uh, uh, those are just some things. Definitely nothing with words on it. That's making some type of expression, something with uh, some sort of uh, popular or non-popular logo on it. Other than if it has the, if concerning the job directly. That is an official, uh, uh, official uh, uniform of the of your employment. Uh, with uh, vacations, 
uh, establish that right from the right from the start. That is totally private. Uh, probably the only person that would would know when your vacation is happening would be the one or two people who that's a part of their job to have to know that on your vacation. Uh, no one else would definitely would know it, white or non-white, as far as they're concerned. And uh, definitely uh, the concerns about courtesy would be from the standpoint of being helpful for coworkers with, with other coworkers, uh, white or non-white. Uh, and that's it. Uh, uh, you don't owe them anything else <laughs> as, as far as they're concerned. So as I mentioned before, but you have to establish that coming into the employment, uh, anything otherwise would just make it a, a more and more difficult because it would be observed of the change. And from that, you will get asked questions about that. Why did you change? You know, as far as they're concerned, uh, white people are very, very observant. You know, in that light, uh, I used to do some things, uh, and I and, and I would I never would suggest that uh, people do some of the things that I have done over those twenty twenty eight and a half years. But I would do some things just to get a white person to say something because I know that's what they would do. But but. Uh, in order to have the most uh, constructive, fluid uh, time on your workplace, you have to establish those those things uh, at the beginning of your employment. Uh, do not inform someone about when your vacation takes place, let alone talking about uh, where you're going. And definitely uh, be guarded on your tone of dress, what you, what's on, what's on your body as far as quote unquote jewelry is concerned. And uh, any, any type of strange thing like, you know, dyeing your hair, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not just talking about females either. If you're a black male and you have gray hair, you know, and you dye it, you dye your, your mustache or something like that, you know, I mean, just leave it alone, you know, leave it alone, you know, and, uh, it would, it would, uh, reduce the, uh, the, uh, chance of it coming up because they will file it. They will file it. The white people will file it and, and it will be used against you. I have seen it. I've seen a fire chief, a person that was promoted to fire chief, get demoted because of a, because of a vacation. And due to Hurricane Andrew, did not report back at a uh, what they identified as an uh, appropriate time. Uh, several non-white black people were demoted because of their vacation. And uh, that's all I'd say. Thank you. Always find a reason to demote a black person. Uh, much obliged, uh, retired firefighter. Uh, with the wardrobe, I certainly appreciate the specifics about, you know, the jewelry and that sort of thing. Uh, any sort of items that are going to draw uh, attention to you. 
Uh, I did, I guess I have a quick question with the dying. Cause you said that like with black males, if they, you know, dye their mustache, uh, what have you, if they're starting to get a little bit of gray, why is that a recommendation, uh, that you have a lot of people white and black who say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm human. I have some sensitivities. I don't want to look like a geezer. You know, I want to, uh, get, get my, uh, get those grays out of there. That way I still look like, you know, I got my vitality and, and I'm a young fellow. What's, what's, how's that violating counter racist code? Or how would that possibly cause me more problems with, uh, suspected racists just because I choose to get rid of my grays? I would say it would just draw, uh, attention that doesn't uh, directly deal with uh, job performance uh, or uh, uh, being uh, courteous on the job. It'd be just something that somebody can, can pick at you on, you know, that sort of thing. I would avoid it. I would avoid it. You know, it, you know, as far as I, and I, and, and I, it's not necessarily just the idea of taking care of the grit. Some people, some people would even go to the point of, if, and and uh, a school is the workplace. Uh, a lot of cases for quote unquote children, and I'm seeing now where young people now are, are dyeing their hair purple, you know that that sort of thing. That's their workplace. I I would I would not advise a young person to do that. You know, so I'm not just talking about somebody who's 50 years old. You know that sort of thing. It could be somebody 16. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise that to dye your hair green or or purple or something like that. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, because it, it it would just it would it would just kind of like take take off off uh, off course the uh, the uh, direction that you would want to probably want to have on a job, which is straight. You know, getting the, getting your work done, getting off, uh, getting your raises. You know, the same thing you talk about all the time, you know, it, it, it may divert from that. And now you get teasing, you get teasing. And now, and you may not have, you may not have, may not want that. Now, whether you, now, if you want it, if you want it, now you, you come and show up to work like a, looking like a clown, you know, something like that. You'll definitely get attention. That's for sure. I've seen it. I've, I've had to tell a black male one time, not tell, but ask a black male one time to, Please don't put on that gorilla mask as he was going into a battalion meeting. Why? Because I know that the whole idea about him wearing that gorilla mask with the uh, racist jokes and racist comments will come up and I will feel compelled to have to defend him. And I asked him in a way and looked him straight in the eye. He looked at me and saw my sincerity and, and thought about it and said, I'll put it back up. And I, I, I was like, Ooh, thank you <laughs> that he didn't do that. You know, something as silly as that with, with this gorilla mask that he was going to go into this, uh, uh, group meeting and where, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I've seen a lot over the course of time. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Much obliged. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Context of white supremacy. Uh, again, the number 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if 
you would like to participate. <clears throat> Much obliged for the folks who uh, have dialed in and shared thus far. Uh, other folks, if you dialed in, have thoughts, comments, questions, and again, if we have uh, suggestions, since there are a variety of uh, listeners who ask for feedback, uh, we have counter-racist suggestions uh, and or updates. Always appreciate folks if you dialed in to Tell us about a situation. Uh, if you have an update, we always appreciate those. So we are all still learning, supposed to be, uh, about what works, what does not with regards to applying counter-racist strategies in the workplace. Other folks we've uh, yet to hear from have comments or suggestions. Proceed. Wow. Can I add on one more thing, Gus? Let's hear it, retired firefighter. Yes, uh, there is also is a bad habit that I notice with people employed that would come to the job on their off day wearing something purposely that would draw attention. That's that's a, another huge mistake I've seen over the course of time in, in employment. On a day that they are off and show up and show up there with, uh, with uh, you know, as though they're going to a club or something like that. Big no-no. Big no-no. You know, avoid, avoid that. Thank you. Sounds like show-offism. I believe that is uh, what Mr. Fuller has written about and talked about. Uh, certainly avoid that. I can't say I have seen that one. Uh, a lot of people coming in wearing, I guess, what they're going to go to the club in or whatever, uh, coming in on their day off. Uh, I can say I have seen some folks do that, come in to malinger on their off day. Um, yes, find better ways to invest your time and energy um, than coming out to hang out on work, uh, on work premises when you are not paid to be there. Uh, I don't think that is a good look. And talk about surveillance. Uh, I definitely think whites would be paying attention to that uh, big time. Everything. What you're wearing, what you're doing, what are you talking about, why are you here, all of the above. So, yeah, I would find someplace else to hang. Go to the library. Find some literature to read. Uh, let's see. Uh, Irie in Louisiana. Did you have Suggestion, comment, question that you wanted to share, you should be with us as well. Hi. Um, hi, everybody. Hi, Gus. I just got on the line. Um, I thought about you today because um, I taught today and people were kind of looking at what I was wearing. It was school appropriate. But I decided, you know what, I'm tired of getting looks either way. Like, I don't know you know, what I'm being looked at for, if it's criticism or admiration. Um, and I'm also tired of white women asking me where I got my uh, clothing items from. So I said, you know, Gus is right. I need to get a uniform. And, like, I think I might do something like Janelle Monet, just a white top with black bottoms. I want to be as boring as possible when these people see me again. And I was going to ask, what the suggestions were that were needed. Um, I heard, I thought I heard something about braids. About braids? Is that what you said? Braids? 
braids. Like somebody said that the hair was, I thought I heard that when I first got on, but I didn't hear the whole thing. Something about their hairstyle or something? Uh, let's see. We have had uh, queries for how do you avoid telling white people that you're taking a vacation? Uh, how oh. do, let's see, we had one that was for uh, PTO, being there being a consistent problem with PTO where this non-white person was being required to use uh, extra PTO um, and just lots of difficulties uh, being chastised about filling out PTO forms. So that was another. Uh, we had another one I said about that was when I started with and saying uh, more uh, muted attire. We had a person right in uh, who was talking about how they got lots of uh, unwanted attention from whites as they were going into work. In fact, it wasn't just them. It was two um, black females uh, who had on uh, really nice outfits and the whites were, oh my gosh, that's the most stunning thing I've seen today and just all of repeatedly from lots of different whites throughout the day and that just kind of reminded me about what I've been saying about maybe we should have a more subdued wardrobe for the work environment and I asked people what they thought about that suggestion so you were right right on time with that one. Oh, okay and I again I agree because um especially white women tacky trashy they go out of their way to um uh with me at least, oh, I like that such and such girly, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, this is not, that's not professional, and just because you like what you see me in doesn't mean, no, we, even if we were friends, I don't know if I'd accept girly, it reminds me too much of Chrissy and all the other slave names they have for us. So I agree with you, and I hope they take you up on your suggestion about career um, attire. And I'll mute my line in case somebody, um, you know, has something I can help with. Much obliged, Irie. Um, See, I mean, even that, like the compliments on wardrobe, I'm not here to be looking cute. That's not what I'm being uh, paid for. And frankly, from whites, we're in a workplace setting. Not that I'm looking for compliments, but if it's going to be compliments about anything, I'd rather have compliments about my work. Like, wow, the reports you handed in last quarter, they were amazing. That is the most impressive thing that I've seen this year. Like, I would much rather have that. And let's get that in writing. Put that in my performance review. Put that down so that when it's raised time, it's on and popping. I got some good things that were said about me. Not, wow, you looked amazing yesterday. Wow. So radiant. Can I get a picture? Where did you get that out? Come on. Come on. I mean, sometimes you can't even tell like they're deceptive. The racism, you can't even tell. Is this serious? Are you joking? Like what's back to uh, these expense reports? And I'm still having problems with my PTO. Can we get that corrected? Like, I feel like that's much, much more important. Uh, And and really, it shouldn't even really be much of a concern to me. how whites think about my attire or wardrobe. If they think I'm a snappy dresser, if I dress too nice, they might think that they're overpaying me. I don't dress well enough. Oh, the niggers. Oh, disgraceful. So you can't win. Pick something that, in my view, pick something that's professional and something where you don't have to invest a lot of time and energy thinking about what you're going to wear. Bam. This is the thing. This is my wardrobe. I wear this exact same thing. Boom. This is what I'm going to wear to work. Not even concerned that because I'm not trying to look cute. I'm not trying to impress them with my attire. If anything, I'm trying to impress them with the quality of my work. 
context of white supremacy. Other folks uh, who dialed in, if you have comments, questions to share, thoughts on the wardrobe suggestions, certainly, or any of the other uh, issues that have been presented, proceed. Gus. Stacy in the UK. Um, I didn't fully understand. Your volume the, dropped again. Sorry, I didn't fully understand the the PTO issue. Can you just quickly summarize what happened, the, or the query that they've got? A black female listener. She has a black male supervisor who seems to make it very difficult when she requests time off. And it seems that for their standard work day, the general protocol for everyone else seems to be 7.5 hours is a full work day. That would be what you would be required to submit to get your full compensation for that day of uh, pay time off. You're not going to work. For some reason, she is being uh, required to submit eight hours of PTO. So it's more than what she should be using. And she's saying that she's having a problem having enough PTO anyway. And uh, her black supervisor is saying that she's filling out the form incorrectly. So that this is, this has been a pattern every time she has to fill out the form. Oh no, you did it wrong. And then she has to come and do it again. And this does not seem to be an issue for anyone else. She's gone to human resources and they redirect her back to her supervisor to say, to address the issue with him. So she's trying to figure out what would be the best way to solve this problem permanently. Mm, yeah. Uh, HR's being a bit lazy there. I, if she is actually already logging her hours on a form, because that's what I would have suggested. I'm assuming it's a she. Um, then the hours are being logged anyway. So I just don't understand how this person can get away with making her do excessive hours. But um, I would, I think it's maybe it's been said before in that instance, I would escalate it to a director or somebody and I would put it in writing. And I would probably have a record of how many times that she has been required to work additional hours so actually log in the additional time the accumulative amount of extra time that she's had to work because effectively they're underpaying her and just double check the policy I'm, I'm sure it's in writing anyway that it's seven and a half hours but you know just actually say how much extra time accumulatively she's been asked to work and I it's not exactly the same situation but I had a director who needed to sign off my expenses and so long as you claim your expenses in year so within the financial year there should be no issue I mean we all knew that we had to make sure that we had claimed everything within the financial year um, just to keep everything within the allocated budget for the year and rather than waste time my time completing the forms on a weekly basis or monthly or quarterly basis I just used to wait for the end of the year to submit my expense claim and I had all of the back-end documentation so all my travel tickets receipts whatever so there was no query about 
you know, the validity of my claim. I guess the accumulative amount was too much for this director to bear. So he told me that he didn't think he could pay it. So I just emailed him back and asked him to let me know who I needed to escalate the matter to. And needless to say, it was signed off immediately. So it can work by just escalating because clearly that person is in the wrong. Her manager is in the wrong. She's being mistreated. And, you know, obviously that is something that could be challenged um, legally. I'm not saying she should do, but, you know, come on now. She's she's being made to work for, for um, she's being unpaid, underpaid, full stop. But I mean, my line there, Gus. Much obliged, Stacy in the UK. I think that's a fantastic suggestion as well uh, to escalate. Finding generally it's going to be the more powerful white person. And in this case, you pro- since she's got a black supervisor who's doing this directly, it probably will be someone classified as white that this will be escalated to. So, yeah, I think that's always a great suggestion because you can the goal, at least in my view, is find the white person who can solve this problem quickly we want efficiency find the white person who can get this problem solved in the next five minutes and perma so we never have this issue again pto is seven and a half hours and this is how you fill out the form this is it forever we will send out a mass email or whatever it is circular if it changes agreed whoopee and that'll be the end of it uh and i think some of that is just uh black self-respect uh, what Stacy in the UK just said uh, when doing her end of the year expense reports and the person, oh, I don't know. Not going to be able to cover this. I don't know. And just saying, oh, okay, because I think they bank on in the system of racism, white supremacy, we're not going to question a white person. We're just going to accept, you know, what they say and that'll be that to have black self-respect to say, no, this is not accurate and okay, who should I talk to about this matter? Because I do not think this is correct. Next person to speak to. And some, as she said, sometimes that alone can be enough to. Uh, the nigger won this one. We'll get her next time. Context of white supremacy. Other folks who dialed in, if you have commentary to share, suggestions on the PTO, vacation, any of the other issues that have been raised, uh, or if you have your own uh, problem that you want to address, get counter racist suggestions, proceed. May I be heard? Greetings, caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, My first uh, incident report from the week is there was a a newsletter within the last year that I remember. I forgot to share it. Uh, It was a particular page where but they do the milestones and the amount of years the employees work there. And uh, I noticed that it was a stark difference where one of the uh, administrative white people, they were taking a, a image, like a picture to show that they either made five or 10 or 15 years. I think this white woman had 10 years and he, you can see he's visibly smiling with the white woman, but when he took a, uh, a picture with the black female and two other black females, he wasn't smiling. He had like kind of like a subtle um, 
sinister smirk. I'm going to term it as that. But with the white woman, he's actually smiling like uh, smile creases on both ends of the lips. So uh, that was one that was pointed out to me by a black female victim. Uh, my next one is there was uh, a black male that came in to the uh, to the to the customer service area where we are, and I could tell by the the white woman and the black female they <laughs> their uh, their heads looked down like uh, like beneath the monitors, almost like they didn't even want to help the person out. So the white woman ends up. I guess, uh, helping him out. And as he leaves, I mean, he was, he was just saying good morning, but he was preemptively rejected in a way that they didn't want to help the person out. So they were saying, well, Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not ready for that this morning. So she said, <laughs> the black female was like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to just look down. I'm not even going to acknowledge him. All right. So she's like, yeah, I know you, I know you was thinking that. So I just decided to take him. That was just uh, like a, a brief exchange that I uh, couldn't help but overhear. Um, my next one is there was uh, there was a a meeting that occurred this morning where there was a uh, a certain portion of it where the supervisors are asked to share if they have anything if they want to speak on anything. So when it gets to the supervisor I've been assigned to, she speaks and she's speaking about the uh, image project that we've been working on. So I pay very close attention to words. And she says, you know, I just like to thank research. She says research, which is a vague general term. And she goes on the list individual employees after that, like on the other side, of the department, she's listing actual uh, first names of people. So um, I'm exhibiting certain body language as I'm really just absorbing this in. And she, I think, practiced racism when she did that. And as the meeting ended, the black male was like, well, you know, that's it. They had that part on their end. Well, they say, if you have anything to share, you can go right ahead and speak. So two black people, they had to rush in a comment as though everyone was leaving. They had to come on back because the black female was like, she just wanted to thank everyone for signing a card and uh, thanks for the condolences because she lost her brother. Okay, so she wasn't given a chance to speak. And another black female she was uh she said something that was similar like thank you all for uh, sending out a car but it was very tacky and it was unprofessional lacking the etiquette they were supposed to have that at the end but they are so concerned about me i think that they extracted that out of the uh the uh medium repertoire so i made a comment about that uh, I asked, I requested to speak to the supervisor, and I said, uh, you use the term research in reference to us, but you individualized everyone else. <laughs> and this, she was like, uh, 
he said, you, you, you know why I did that? And she said that, uh, that she, she didn't want to leave anybody out, but that didn't make any sense to me. Cause I said, well, when you said that I had the thought of, am I being mistreated? Because I didn't want to use the word feelings. I wanted to use thought like thinking. So she couldn't say that my feelings were hurt or something like that. Um, and yeah, she basically said that, uh, she didn't have anything in front of her and she apologized. So I'm thinking you need something in front of you to remember two or three people names. <laughs> That's what I said internally. So, um, uh, my, uh, my next one is I had a, uh, I had a, I had another term. This is word number four. Uh, it's called emotional reaction pattern recognition, ERPR. And the explanation is, or the definition, the strategy of an employee that knowingly mistreats another employee in such a way that appeals primarily to the rage aspect of their feelings. This can be perpetuated directly and or indirectly, as well as where the intended targeted employee is expected to react with their feelings immediately. I can only logically conclude that this is being done in order to sabotage the targeted employee. This practice can coerce the receiving employee in a stress-inducing situation, especially when a mistreated employee has faced a series of misconduct from the, um, from the initiating employee, and it begins to fester. Eventually, this at some point will cause an outburst and could be addressed by higher-tier staff about their outburst of emotion. As a result, it becomes expected for the targeted person to react and respond to mistreatment with their feelings of frustration, anger, stress, and any like form of emotion. So that was a, a recent term that I came up with, and uh, that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to share. Much obliged caller in Florida at the courthouse. That is such an important distinction uh, in <clears throat> thoughts, not feelings in the workplace. Uh, I think that is so important, uh, exactly as uh, the caller in Florida stated. Uh, didn't want her <clears throat> to just say, oh, you poor thing. Your feelings were hurt. We're so sorry. You got a little boo-boo. We said something that made you sad. They just, just treat us like little children. And that's not what this is at all. I'm not, my feelings were not hurt. Uh, I'm just thinking, am I being mistreated? That is the way that we want to function in the workplace. And they <clears throat> will use words uh, to push us in that direction uh, to kind of infantilize us uh, to minimize when we're being terrorized on the job. It'll be, you have a grievance, uh, you have a gripe, uh, your feelings were hurt. Uh, there was something that was uh, insensitive. They use this type of, of language instead of there was a violation of company policy, stark contrast. Um, I thought that was an important distinction as well. The, suspected racist uh having like an authentic uh jubilant smile uh when with the white women and then when it's with the non-white uh females kind of a, a smirk or half smile like a, a distinct difference uh that not that authentic joy like eh, i guess i gotta be all right fix your time getting with the niggers eh. all, right, all right all right um making up 
new counter-racist terms to apply to what happens in the workplace, phenomenal. All of us should be doing the exact same thing, uh, trying to come up with new concepts to capture what uh, we are seeing. If I got it correct, ERPR, uh, emotional reaction pattern response, is that it? Uh, e, uh, emotional reaction pattern recognition. Pattern recognition. Okay. Pattern recognition and trying to provoke generally a victim, non-white person into some sort of emotional outburst where then they can be scolded, uh, scolded, reprimanded, punished in some sort of way uh, after they've been provoked. Is that the, the spirit of, of the term? Yes, sir. I think lots of us have seen this on the job, name calling uh, a variety of different ways. Whites, this is a big one that they invoke on a regular basis to do things to us, to get us so that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what is wrong with you. You're yelling and running around with that. Well, we can't have that. Well, he called you a nigger. Well, he shouldn't have called you a nigger, but we still can't have you running around here and yelling. So we'll have racial sensitivity. And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to lay you off because we just can't have uh, folks on it. I didn't even feel safe. We had some nigger, I mean, a black person running around in the workplace and, you know, we didn't feel safe. That's just you can't have that in the workplace. They do this all the time. They got lots of different ways uh, of doing this. Excellent term. Uh, now that we have a name for it, I'm sure we'll be able to point that out uh, and use the term as we see it. Yes. Um, may I ask him a question, please? <clears throat> Let's hear it. This is uh, Irie in Louisiana. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a workplace thing. Well, technically it was. I, I was um, doing pro se work during uh, a lawsuit. And um, the day of uh, a hearing, I went up. I was in the courtroom. I walked up to the clerk a white female, or the white female, with uh, my motion to uh, give to her so it would be, you know, ready for the judge. I wanted her to put the, you know, the stamp, the stamp on it. And she mouthed it off as she gestured with her body, go away. And so I told her, you know, with my voice, so I said, I want to file this. I want, I want to give it to you so the judge can have it when I can't go up. And she said, go downstairs, like she mouthed it off. So basically saying I had to go down to the clerk's um, office downstairs. And I'm like, everyone else, from what I knew, was able to file things, you know, in the courtroom if it's necessary. And then later someone told me, I can't remember who or where, they were like, oh, no, you're only supposed to file your motions and, and anything else in the clerk's office if you're not an attorney. And I have not known that to be true. And I tried looking up court procedure to see if it's true. And I know you're in a different state, but can you tell me based on like what you do know uh, in general, if that's true or not? Thank you. Uh, yes. From my understanding, I believe um, for the most part, they do uh, the motions and filings at like the front counter when they're dealing with the clerks, but I have heard of it happening up in court as well, but I'm not sure on like how split down the middle, not meta, not trying to use a metaphor, but uh, when it comes to one situation or another, 
how often it happens, but for the most part, I have heard of people come in and file paperwork for their cases uh, at the, well, with the clerks at the uh, front counter. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I kind of feel like she was practicing racism. I do because um, my experience has been when you self-represent, when you pro se, for some reason, clerks, white and non-white, in my experience, they've been uh, visibly upset at me because I'm representing myself. Um, thank you for that information. I'll delve more into it. And when I find the answer, I'll let you know as well. Thank you. Thank you. Context of white supremacy. Number, <clears throat> excuse me, get my water. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Tackiness at the courthouse abounds. Uh, emphasize again to make sure you have read policy uh, and procedure <clears throat> on your job. Uh, can have lots of helpful information uh, that <clears throat> whites will not tell you. Uh, and it can just inform you of how they're violating policy and procedure on the job. That can be something else. In fact, that should be something else that you're being mindful of in your workplace. Uh, other folks have uh, questions, suggestions, uh, comments on what they've heard from other folks so far. I want to say that um, I think that the, the black man manager who is um mistreating the the woman with the, the paid time off. It seems to me that he he knows how to function um in the workplace. I know of these other black people they were um actually on a radio show and they were interviewing some people and it was and I've seen this a lot actually where it's just obvious like in the arts, like if they're on television or whatever it might be, or if they're on the radio or whatever it might be, it's like they, the way that they mistreat non-white people, the way that they, that they treat them, they treat them like, they treat them like um, white people want them to treat them. And it's like they, they do it so in such a fluid manner that it's, it seems that they just, it's not just about the white people telling them to do this, that, or the other, that they just know, they know what to do to try and keep their jobs. And the reason I say try is because white people turn around and fire you anyway, turn around and fire um, black people anyway. Um, but also just the particular um mistreatment that is taking place, it's very, it has, to me, it has just white fingerprints all over it. Because white people, they tend to, that's one of the, the main ways in the workplace that they practice racism, is they try to deny you uh, paid time off, or they try to um, 
just do something regarding that with vacation and, and sick time or whatever it might be um, that you need. They try to deny you in some kind of way. And so even more than him just knowing what to do, I'm, I think that it's probably a situation where they told him specifically to do what he's doing, um, you know, and he's doing it, you know, to survive. And, and that's what I think in, in, in terms of that. And also just the fact that both him and human resources, the people in human resources, the, the non-white people in human resources, if there are any, if there are any uh, they have been allowed to do this. And I doubt very seriously, and I would even say I know, that they will not be allowed to do this to a white person. Like, this would be um, taken care of immediately. And so that's why I think that it, that, that's why I'm, I'm convinced that white people are behind all of this. And the last thing that I wanted to say is that I, I hope that everyone has um, the best weekend that they can have. And I'm in my life. Context of white supremacy, much obliged, Ivy. <clears throat> That is uh, a point I think is uh, important uh, to be mindful of at all times. Uh, who is most to blame uh, when incorrect things are happening? Uh, and Ten times out of nine, that's the way I meant to say it. Individuals classified as white, most to blame. <clears throat> and agreed, this would not, I don't think a white person, uh, he would be allowed, a black supervisor, in quotes, would be allowed to treat a white employee uh, in this manner to just mess over their PTO and, and all of that. Exactly right. I don't think that would be allowed for a white person. Uh, a white employee would have to be going through uh, all of this. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have uh, questions, comments, suggestions uh, on what has been shared thus far, line should be open. Proceed. Uh, caller at 2215, 2215, <clears throat> line should be open. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Greetings, yes, greetings, everyone. Um, just joined, uh, so I didn't catch any of the uh, other comments or questions earlier, but I w did want to just share some thoughts of, uh, uh, as a manager on my job, we had to recently participated in online um, training that had to deal with discrimination, sexual harassment, um, harassment in the workplace, bullying, uh, as well as uh, hiring practices. So as a manager, um, you know, if we were to be involved in um, interviews and all of things that's uh, safe to, to share or, or safe to ask, and uh, some of those uh, type of interviews. Um, and it also addressed if you were um, one that experienced any harassment or any type of discrimination, any types of jokes, things of that nature of uh, racial jokes, uh, things that you could do as, a, as an individual, as a manager so to, uh, as well. Um, they said three things. One would be to either ignore it. Um, another would be to divert it. So if someone was, you know, had made a joke or something, um, to 
kind of just do, say something or ask a question, <clears throat> excuse me, or say something to do something that's totally unrelated to that topic, just to try to divert uh, the uh, the focus there. And then the last uh, option would be is to address it. So, and when they gave some examples of addressing it, it always was kind of a in, in the form of a question. So, for example, um, there was a there was a, a group of people that they showed one black, one Asian, one looks like a possibly Eastern Indian, and one white uh, gentleman, and they were all supposed to be going on a, a company trip, and um, the the Indian person said, "Oh well, you know what? We can all." you know, kind of ride together and he looks to the white man white man and says, Well, you know, would you like to ride with me to the airport? And he looks at him and says, No way, me riding with you, we walk into the airport together and you're a Muslim. They pull me aside and you know, uh, hold, hold me up in security. He says, No way, I wouldn't no way would I do that. And so they gave different scenarios of again, either saying nothing or diverting it or addressing it. And so the the option of addressing it actually the person the black man kind of spoke up and said really seriously you know are you going to be that guy you know so being a question forming as a question as like you know and not really coming right out and saying to the person you shouldn't have said that or that was wrong for you to do that um but again just kind of posing that question just kind of left it at that but it also said on any of those situations, you should always report it, report it to uh, to, to HR or to the upper management or whoever. Uh, one of the other things that it, 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 it addressed that if you were one that was being accused of of harassing someone or discriminating against someone, whatever, if there's a case against you, then one of the things that you should, and you are aware of that, and one of the things that it should do that you should do going forward is to make sure you document everything. So any conversations concerning that person, any anything, document everything. So I found that interesting because I know that you've you've brought that up quite a few times about documenting things. And uh, the last uh, the last thought. Um, oh, one of the other things that was saying that you know if you do report something then you will be, you can make a report and it will be confidential. But then it did say if an investigation was to occur, that we couldn't promise that you would be kept confidential. And it's like, well, see, well, what's the use then? <laughs> you know, that, that's what I'm say, saying to myself once I saw that. Well, it was confidential, but if, it was a, if an investigation took place, then we can't promise you that. Uh, you would be kept confidential. So I just found those things to be interesting uh, concerning, you know, again, since racism was brought up, discrimination, harassment. And the last, last I just want to add one more thing, and that is, uh, again, when it comes to interviews as a manager, so they gave a whole list. I mean, there was about a good 20 or so different items of risky things to stay away from. So you couldn't ask questions. They would say, don't ask questions related to um, age, race, 
um, ask questions about, you know, any drug uh, uh, addictions of the past, nor any uh, family-related illnesses, the age of your children, uh, if you have, uh, if you know a foreign, if you know of a foreign language, you couldn't ask, how did you get to learn that language? And so the bottom line was, is not asking anything that's not related to the job because they don't want to have any room or any, any, any opportunity for a person to be able to come back and say, I wasn't hired because of some type of discrimination. So that whole, you know, whole list of things were, uh, were listed there uh, where, again, if it was not job related, then you can't ask that question. So I find those things to be interesting. And uh, I did take a lot more notes, but I, I don't have all the other notes with me. And I'll come back another time and share some more. Much obliged for the notes. Uh, I think it's always fascinating. I think um, <clears throat> the caller at the courthouse in Florida uh, talked about when they had some sort of diversity meeting. It's always interesting when they have those at work. You should definitely take questions. And really, uh, that's a great opportunity to get practice asking questions. Take notes and ask at least one question, maybe two or three, because that's, I mean, that is an environment that is begging for questions. A lot of times they'll ask you directly, do you have any questions? And if so, speak up, like ask questions uh, and ask questions and make sure that they answer your question like you can get to hear what some of your white colleagues think about racism in a real frank manner maybe uh, but I, I think it is not surprising that one of the main strategies that they would recommend would be ignoring it I don't think that counts as a strategy uh, in my view that just uh, strengthens white supremacy racism because I think most often race soldiers uh, they just go ahead and accept uh, silence as acceptance uh, and that you concur in that fact as you concur you are in agreement uh, it has to be flagrantly challenged and this is a violation like those racist jokes and all that this is a violation of company policy like I don't think the example that I would give is uh, is ignoring it if this was sexual harassment, someone has been patted on the behind or, you know, whatever it is, is that something where we ignore that happened? We just ignore it. I'll, uh, you know, maybe I'll report that later. What happened to Susan? Really? They were stealing office equipment. We ignore it. Come on now. Racism, white supremacy. That's the only violation of po uh, policy and procedure that I can think of where it becomes. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, maybe we ignore it. Made his racist joke. Mm -hmm. What would you say about the niggers? Mm -hmm. OK, next item on it. Come on. Come on. Come on. System of racism, white supremacy. That would be even be a question that I would raise. Do we ignore other problems in the workplace? Is that how things get solved here? Just to ignore Well, Well, can I can I just add real quick to, uh, to that? Uh, just, uh, so. Ignore, so any of the options there, the ultimate result would be, or the ultimate um, action is, even if you did any of those three, you, they would require or suggest, well, not even suggest, ask that you report it. So even if you ignored it, still report it. Mm. You know? I reckon. And, I... And, 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 it was an, yeah, and it was an online um, type of training, so there wasn't a, an open group type where you can ask questions and others could hear. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank that definitely helps get a better 
understanding of what right. uh, what took place. I didn't uh, want to forget either the point that you made towards the end about uh, them saying that there's supposed to be uh, confidentiality if you make a report that there's been some sort of incorrect behavior, perhaps an act of white supremacy, racism. However, if this process continues, well, then we might not have confidentiality. And in my view, you should just automatically, your opinion, as I said before, exact same thing that we say every week, you should automatically assume anything that you say, there will be a transcript, maybe even an audio recording of every single syllable that you utter and everyone who works there will have a copy. It'll be online, any language you need it in, all of that, Braille even, got it covered. That's the way you should think so that there's no surprise. And you should be mindful of that before you go make your report. Like, not only could this procedure take years, uh, but this could be something where everybody in the building will likely know. Am I all right with that? Uh, you know, I, and if you don't mind, if I can just, just add a little more. So, you know, with this training, so again, being that managers, middle managers, low-level managers had to participate. So they look forward to the managers to create this type of safe environment. So, you know, in, in other words, it's, it's up to us to report these things, you know, as managers. But again, can't promise confidentiality. <laughs> Certainly not in the system of racism, white supremacy, white people, net, what is it? unjust networking. They do a lot of unjust networking uh, and sharing information on the Negros. So absolutely, they are not going to uh, tell you any sort of thing about confidentiality, please. Uh, we'll be texting it up uh, as soon as we get out of this meeting, if it seems a little shaky. Uh, did other folks uh, have commentary? I also didn't make sure I didn't want to forget the the caller in Florida when he pointed out that they were not recognized by name, because that's been a pattern this evening as well. We had the uh, where he talked about specifically the caller in Florida at the courthouse saying that the black female, she didn't have her uh, email, uh, wasn't registered in the computer uh, correctly. And it was difficult to get uh, contact with her. Uh, oh, no. Apologies. That was not our caller in Florida. A different listener was talking about that. Um, act of racism we talked about that repeatedly but when caller in florida was saying that they were just addressed as research as opposed to all of the individuals who are a part of the research team i think that is super important and it's been my experience that white people generally do not need a list in front of them of employees people that work there people that you see every day and god heaven's sake they got a newsletter at the courthouse there i mean you got these people's pictures on display and such for their accomplishments for the month of the year whatever they did like Really? You needed a list of research people's names and you think that you would have forgotten. So you just went with the generic research as opposed to naming us, which you didn't do for anybody else. Hmm. I reckon. <laughs> and again, just the the power, because I've seen that consistently when you talk about United Independent, do not minimize the impact that one codified individual can have uh it is absolutely amazing and for me that is just further evidence this problem can be solved one nigra making an effort to follow logic counter racist logic is causing this much of a response you all are changing meetings and functioning in a way that i do not ever see racists function wow if this problem could not be solved, I don't think this would be happening. It would just be, oh, wow, 
we have got a really kooky nigger here. Wow. Let's hang out and listen to him for a while. That's not what they do. Uh, do we have other folks uh, who had suggestions, comments, workplace racism? Any suggestions on what we've heard thus far? Your own problem? We have any folks who've implemented, uh, or I'll say it this way, have any folks altered how they dress in the workplace if you you know are not working from home? Have you changed how you dress in the workplace as a result of getting a different understanding of racism, white supremacy, and or comments that have been made, like we, what we heard from Kizzy's cousin and uh, from some of the other folks about how uh, Irie in Louisiana, uh, things being said to them about their, clo- even quote unquote compliments, Uh, Have any folks changed their workplace attire as a result of their understanding of white supremacy racism? Spectating. Spectating. Anywho, as I said, broadcast is not for spectators. We'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Dial in if you have thoughts, comments on what has taken place uh, over the past week. Uh, We'll certainly get a word in uh, on the passing of uh, John Singleton, age of 51. Total disgrace. Uh, But that'll be tomorrow. Uh, Once I get adjusted, uh, we'll be looking to get rolling. More work. Lots of guests. uh, Folks recommended and just work in general. Wow, it has been a stressful 17 months. Uh, let's see. We'll give uh, another five minutes or so if folks have any additional comments, suggestions, questions that they would like to share. I'll give out the number one more time. 605-313-5164. The code 564 three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh, i think i heard uh stacy in the uk russell 3 20 a.m saturday morning london time hi gus um i actually just wanted to comment on iris son's workplace racism his experience with his teacher sexually terrorizing him or or trying to at least objectifying him I guess my comment is to everyone listening just to be very mindful of these situations for our daughters as well as our sons my daughter had told me about her, a friend of hers, a male, who, I don't know if he was in care, but certainly, maybe at some point he was in care, but oh no, he had to go to special education, Um, because he was having difficulties at home, and it was affecting him in his education, and so in that institution, he, he um, that it was apparently a regular thing for 
females to be sexually active with female teachers being sexually active with the young males in particular and I actually used to work with young people and I mean, it was males and female to be honest with you who were being inappropriate but there was a I had to raise an issue about um, something a male had said to me about one of the young people we were working with which was very suspect to me and then out of that conversation because I raised it with the coordinator and out of that conversation I was then told about another female racist race soldier who I was also working with who was apparently at the time 32 years old had a 16 year old son and was at some point in a sexual relationship with one of the young people who used to come into the center who was also 16 years old now the age of consent is different in the UK um, so technically that would have been legal however imagine if you're a parent you're sending your child to an after-school club and they are then enticed into a sexual relationship by one of the workers and apparently she had assured the management that it was no longer going on but they all knew that you know that at some point something inappropriate was happening and I don't even believe that they thought that she had stopped at the time I eventually left because I just couldn't be around these people um, it was just repulsive to me so the general point is just to be careful with your children and I make my line glass Wow <clears throat> Much obliged, Stacy in the UK. Definitely make sure you talk to your children about racism and rape, sexual abuse. It is rampant, frequently intertwined, but make sure you're having those conversations. And again, this is all of this should be discussed before you hit the bedroom. Those 200 questions, all of this should be discussed before conception. That is the correct counter-racist way of, you know, procreating in order to produce justice, I think. But very well noted. Uh, Mary Kay Letourneau, I keep mentioning her because she's right here in Seattle, uh, where she was doing the same thing. I have no ideas what the laws around sexual consent are in the UK. Uh, here, if it was a child, they were 16, male or female, a teacher could not have sex with them legally. That would be rape, uh, statutory rape, as they call it. And in fact, even if it was... If they were 16 in Washington state, they would have to be 21. They could be no older than 21 for someone to have legal sex with them. If they were 22 and older, all of that would be statutory rape. Black girls, can I come back on that? Yes, ma'am. It, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the fact that they're in some kind of institution or attending a government well maybe any type of after school club whatever because it's not for that wouldn't be formal education but um yeah i mean the age would be even though they're 16 technically the rules of um, uh, consent are it's sorry 16 is the age of consent in terms of being in an educational institution it would go up to the age of 18 and if you had some kind of special educational needs it would 
could be up to probably the age of 25 if you are um, yeah, attending any kind of institution. And I guess that the point there then is that it was easier for the institution to claim that, oh, it wasn't going on or uh, pretend to accept her lie rather than address the situation. Um, and so you cannot trust these organisations to do the correct thing. Hashtag Jimmy Savile. <laughs> I was just thinking Jimmy Savile, he could be going out of control. 16, man, he. I'm not surprised at all why he was able to terrorize generations of children so long with impunity. My goodness, Jimmy Savile, the legend. If you don't know who Jimmy Savile is, they have lots of documentaries on this uh, noted child rapist. Uh, make sure you talk to your children. Rape, sexual abuse, very important. And as uh, Stacy said, you are male and female children, boys and girls. Uh, they are both at risk. Irie talked about that uh, with her son. Uh, we heard about that. I think we got two weeks worth of updates uh, with that situation. White woman teacher preying on her child. Uh, other folks uh, have comments, questions, recommendations, workplace racism. Can I ask a question about uh, your flood situation? About the flood situation? Yes, and, and regarding just even the cows in general. Uh, that's not really workplace racism. We'll, we can hold that till we get ready to sign out, and then we can do that one as we're exiting. Okay. Grooving. Do we have any other workplace racism? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Can I hear Yes, sir. Have you heard? Yep. Um, so just real quick, I, I did read a, a short article about Oprah Winfrey walking off of 60 Minutes and or, or walking away from the job there at 60 Minutes, and she shared her reason. I believe it was in Forbes magazine, and she said something on the lines of, uh, you know, how they were um, wanting her to to not be so emotional and so involved or attached or so, but she said something about when they would sign off, she would say her name and they literally wanted her to kind of, you know, do a retake of the recording of it because she would say her name with too much emotion. So she said that she had to do it like seven takes of just saying her name and uh, telling her to flatten out her voice. Um, and she basically, you know, she, she walked away from that saying that, you know, if I can't be myself, then this is not a good fit for me. And and I can just imagine that the owners and producers probably weren't black. I don't know. But, uh, and of course, not everybody can just walk off a job like that, uh, you know, if, if you're not you know, making that kind of money that Oprah's making. So it'd be a little challenging for some people to just walk off a job because they can't be themselves. But I just found it interesting that it didn't address anything related to racism, but I can you can definitely see how people that are in power on those jobs could put some type of you know, restrictions or, or how we conduct ourselves as black people uh, on the job there. So I just found that to be interesting and somewhat related to uh, workplace racism there. Here's it. That might be, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Let's see. That might be an example of emotional reaction pattern response uh 
caller in Florida. Is that close or am I maybe I didn't quite process your new term correctly, but that sound like it might be an illustration. Yes, sir, I would agree. <laughs> Said you get lots of illustrations. They do that all the time. Do things to upset. Don't say your name like that. What's wrong with you? Say it more flat. I mean, and this is Oprah's. <laughs> like we're talking to, you know, somebody who's never done television or entertainment before. We're talking to Oprah Winfrey, like system. And again, in my view, that would be another illustration that regardless of how much money you have is not money. Racism, white supremacy dominates everything. Lots and lots and lots of evidence that that is true, unfortunately. And again, why well, I said uh, call it the caller at the courthouse in Florida, going back to his point also, when he said, I didn't want to say that I felt this way about her leaving out our names or referring to us as research. I was thinking my thought was that this is mistreatment. Again, very important. And it goes back to that same reasoning there consistently. That's the way that we're going to be uh, talked about. That's the terming that they're going to use that. Oh, you're just emotional and you're so sensitive. Just little children you get so excited out here on television that's the way that we talk that they talk about all of us and oprah winfrey what she's got to be close to 60 i believe forgive me not knowing her exact age but i think she's close to 60 and that's the way that they're talking about her and in addition to all of the money and all of her experience with television and owning her own network and all of the awards and everything else you're just an emotional negro calm down other folks uh, any other suggestions comments that they wanted to share um, may I say something real quick? Yes, ma'am. Uh, thank you for that um, that input that you uh, shared about saying, I think years ago um, when I was in the military, I actually was experiencing some uh, anxiety from the racism I was experiencing, and I went to um, therapy, a therapist about it, and she advised me um, to say I feel whenever there was something wrong happening to the person that, you know, was doing it. And so years later, someone was told me the same thing. Like, why do you feel, uh, you know, ways all the time? Like they said the same thing. What do you think? And I had to untrain myself. It's been three, four years in the making, but yes, yeah, she was practicing confusion with the I feel. So when I heard you say that, um, thank you. Just thank you for that. It lets me know that's very much more codified speech. Words are important in the workplace and just in general, as we go about the business of counter racism, words are very important. Uh, and that's very standard uh, where they just try to characterize black people, just emotions and just little sensitive children, uh, not thinking uh, we want to speak. We're speaking from logic. Uh, other folks, uh, Stacy in the UK. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask Ari a question, please? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it was just about her son's teacher and what the terrorist wanting to apologize to her son. I know she had said that she wasn't planning to allow that to happen, but I was just wondering if there had been any follow-up in terms of the teacher and her having a conversation and this teacher apologizing and the reason i'm asking is because even for the the head or 
I guess it was the principal who was suggesting it. I just found that very suspect in itself, particularly even before any kind of investigation or anything has happened and the suggestion there that she doesn't know what the outcome of the matter is going to be. But I just think it can be very tricky um, or um, an act of cunning behaviour to allow this race soldier to apologise because that in a way is potentially her saying, well, she's apologised, the parent has accepted it, so the matter is resolved. So I just wondered if there's any follow-up there, Gus, or Irie? Yes, I'm glad you asked that. Um, what I ended up doing was escalating again to, I went to the school board meeting, and the school board meeting is recorded, and I used some uh, very... Um, codified to the assistant superintendent who was privy to the situation. So, and he's black. So he got the message. Everybody else was kind of like, wait, what's going on? But he got it. And because it's on tape, there was, um, I believe an upward motion in regard to the, the intensity of response thereafter. So I got a call this week to have a meeting with the dean of the English department, myself, and the teacher, and I'm going to develop a series of questions this weekend. I'm going to make it short, but still have questions only um, as to why she, one, did what she did, and two, felt that she could still apologize to my son, and then I'm going to direct that question to the dean. Why did you feel it was appropriate for her to have further contact with my son after I made the report? But... Um, it's a metaphor, but heads are definitely rolling, even if it's just a little. So that's where we're at with it. And um, oh, also, um, the the state board of education was alerted to um, the occurrence, and that's where we are. That answer your question, uh, Stacy. It did. Um, yeah, and I guess my suggestion would be don't allow them to give you an apology before the investigation is concluded. I just found that very tricky. But I'll make my line there, Gus. Dig it. Whites can skillfully use those apologies to manipulate uh, the situations. Great point. Uh, and asking questions, uh, that's one of the best things. Getting practice asking questions. Uh, do we have other folks who had uh, comments, suggestions? workplace racism I have a question for Ari about her son as well which is um, how are you and him doing um, through all of this how are you both um, hold, holding up um, through all of this because of course black mental health is um, very very important I believe Dr. Francis Cross Wilson said none of us uh, qualify for it but I just want to know how you how you both are doing I, considering that I teach um, part-time as well, it, it, it was a very tiresome, it, it, it drained energy and time that I needed to recover from the school days. And then what it's done for my son is he's very um, bland now, more than he would normally be around this time of year. And he's, 
he's verbalized that he just wants to get school over. He, whatever enthusiasm he may have had, he he's over it. And I'm just encouraging him to finish strong because again, he's um, in the honor society and everything. And I do believe he understands what that what that uh, responsibility entails. So I don't see him, you know, lessening up on his work and. Uh, the stuff he has to do to maintain that, but he's yeah he's really bland overall with school, and I I'd, I'd have to ask him again like once maybe we have a recap um, once June comes to get the the full impact report or something. I hope that answers your question, and thank you to Stacy and uh, UK for your advice and and everyone's concern. Thank you very much. Context of white supremacy, our weekly forum, neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, Folks have any other suggestions, thoughts, comments uh, based on anything that we've heard today? Certainly, if you figured out some strategies that work well, appreciate it uh, or anything else you want to get in. So we wind down the broadcast. May I be heard? Caller in Florida. Yes, I had a, I was thinking of a few more uh, observations. Uh, The judge, he, the chief judge, he uh, initiated and having a conversation about, um, I think the guy's name is Satchel Page and Jesse Owens and uh, World War II and Adolf Hitler, I guess at the Olympics, and he was, for some reason, he was talking about how sports was all white at one time, and uh, he said that Jesse Owens was just an an amazing athlete, Uh, and it reminded me of, I think, when Dr. Wilson was on the Phil Donahue show, and I believe that was right around the time about the, the Jimmy the Greek guy, I think I said the name correctly. And he, he seemed to be fascinated by the black athlete. Um, and he mentioned white supremacy and white power, uh, how they were trying to promote that. But he was trying to make it seem like it was, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I would say like a farce or something that's not true or something. So uh, that was an interesting conversation that he uh, was mentioning. And I didn't really have too many responses to it. I just let him talk. And I pretty much just uh, left on the rest of my route. Uh, I wanted to share that one. And there was another one where the warden downstairs, I had went to speak to the uh, black female about getting a signature. So she uh, requested a beck in the warden lady she said her name, and the response she's given is, yo, why, oh, yo, this is what this lady said, yo. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, yo? Like, is that because the female is black that uh, addressed her by her correct name? But she responds with, yo. And I just asked, uh, is the clerk here so I can get a signature? So she said uh, he's attending a meeting right now. Um, but she didn't know when he was going to be back. So I just put the uh, 
the the paper for the signature on his uh, chair or whatever. And my last one is the, uh, I don't know if body language, hand movements has been discussed because I know um, when I was discussing my concern this morning and just like in general, when people are dialoguing with each other, they uh, exhibit body language. And I could tell every time I move my hands here, like her eyes would be looking at my hands, like not every time, but at certain times. And it's, it's nothing, it wasn't nothing really abrupt, but I was like, that's interesting. So she, she kept looking at the hand movements. Okay. So I don't know, maybe that, um, uh, symbolize some kind of discomfort, but I found that interesting. And I just actually thought of another one where the, it was a white woman. She was out for maternity leave and, uh, I was walking by and she was bringing the baby in and all of the other uh, coworkers, all females, they were uh, circled around the child. So <laughs> when she, uh, she turned the baby to look at me and the baby pretty much had like a scrunched up face, like, Oh wow. Uh, you know, a, a Negro pretty much a Negro or whatever. And, the black female says, oh, well, look at how he's looking at Blank. Look at how he's looking at him. And the supervisor, she says, oh, maybe it's his voice. And, you know, he's just, he's just taking it all in. So I said, well, I'll see y'all later. And uh, I wanted to share those, and that's all I have. Thanks for allowing me to share. Fascinating. Wow. <clears throat> Just being observant to things that happen uh, in the workplace, you can learn a lot. Uh, I have no idea. That was the first thing that came to mind with the anecdote where you were saying that they, uh, the white guy began talking about uh, they had a time where they didn't allow black people in sports. Like, we are at the courthouse. How in the world are we talking about Negro baseball pitchers like Satchel Paige? Like, what? What is going on? <laughs> like, uh, not that you would need to ask that, but that's what I would be thinking in my mind. Like that, when those type of things happen, when I'm uh, and I've been in a workplace, and just those sort of off-topic, nothing to do with work segues into racism happen. That just lets me further know how much white people think about racism, white supremacy, that that is a total lie. Uh, that I, I, we just don't think about race. We're ignorant about race. You're thinking about it all the time. Uh, in fact, I think they think about it so much when they interact with the black people, niggers, they're searching, what am I going to talk to this nigger about? What are we going to chat about here in the workplace? Oh, yes. Boy, yeah. The niggers. You remember that nigger, uh, baseball pitcher, Satchel Page? Why are we? They didn't even let him, <coughs> didn't even let him play in the majors. <clears throat> I had a white man on a job. Uh, this was some years back <clears throat> when I was more confused. We did not do anything related to entertainment, television. There was no television uh, in the work environment. I'm about to leave for the day. And he says, uh, do you know that the Jeffersons, that was the first show, primetime show that showed an interracial relationship. How about that? And I just remember looking at it like, what does that have to do with any, I mean, am I supposed to celebrate that? Do you think I like the Jeffersons? Like what? 
though all of those uh, type of comments. I don't know if it's happened to other people, but <clears throat> as I said, it just lets me know how much white people think about racism, white supremacy, and how hard it is for them to not say something tacky and or racist when talking to black people. It's almost like they're having to fish for, what do I say to the nigger? What do I say to the nigger? Uh, other folks, much obliged, caller in Florida. Any other folks have question, comment they need to get in? I'll assume folks are satisfied for the evening. Uh, Ivy, did you have your question that was not related to workplace racism? Oh, yes, thank you. Um, did the flood situation where you were displaced, did that affect, um, I guess, you being able to get the amount of guests that you want and to run uh, your program the way that you always have and the way that you want to and, and maybe even the way that you might want to uh, switch it up um, ever since you started because now you might want to run it a little bit different than you have, let's say, five years ago or whatever. So has that affect affected anything regarding that? I mean, to be displaced from, you know, your residence, um all of a sudden without notice for 17 months uh, pretty much disrupts everything. So uh, everything, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if other folks have experienced that. Uh, this is my first time with that, but I mean, to literally just be told uh, you have to leave this place and no idea when you will be able to return. And it ends up being 17 months later, it disrupted uh, everything. Uh, everything not just broadcasting i guess except yoga which was not even something that i was doing when all that happened so yeah disrupted pretty much everything okay thank you for sure racial dislocation uh there's a reason mr fuller talks about that as one of the major strategies keep those squatters on the move wowee yes that can cause all kinds of distress and talk about mental anxiety, but woof, man, oh man, moving forward. And with yoga, no less moving forward. Uh, we'll be here uh, tomorrow. Compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll catch up on the week uh, again, moving forward constructively with yoga. Labor Day yoga retreat. If folks are down to hang out in California, uh, this is in Ontario, California, Lake Arrowhead, Labor Day weekend, which would be August 29th, Thursday through Sunday, September 1, four days, three nights, all plant-based veggie meals, morning and evening yoga, private lake, no mud beds. Looking forward to doing it up. Drop an email and let me know if you are interested in the Labor Day retreat. Give all the details. Uh, first portion of the deposit would be due at the end of the month. Last day of May, uh, $375. And the final portion would be due, uh, I think we said, the beginning of August. Uh, but looking forward to hanging out in California, Florida for the end of the year. But let me know if you are down for the Labor Day counter-racist yoga retreat. We will definitely make time to talk about workplace racism 
uh, during the retreat. Uh, with that, hope it was a constructive investment of your Friday evening. We'll be back in about 24 hours. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy, especially if you're starting a new job, especially if you are on the job. Sobriety would be best. In addition to being sober, let's be buckled up every time we are in a vehicle, passenger or driver. Let's do all that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's brother. Your problem? You're a victim. Uh, I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my condition. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.